here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear. ProRisuShop.com that's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com. ProRisuShop.com. I'm Rich Cratch alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanz. And Joe, it's, it hasn't been long since we talked, but we're back again. So people wanted their weekly podcast, and now they got it. We're, we're doing once every, what, <laughs> when was our last one? Thursday? So we're on a once every uh, four-day, five-day schedule. So Yeah, now they're going to hear the next one. You should have the next one Friday. It's not much to They can hear a lot more of my annoying voice than they ever wanted uh, to hear. So they're going to be sorry that they asked for it, because now we're going to go every three days. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the unfortunate consequence of that is we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> That's okay though. No, but the fortunate thing is we have lots and lots of questions, and we have lots of uh, WWE. Did we did zero WWE yes, last time? So <laughs> unfortunately, we have to. We have no other choice. But uh, so we're going to talk Hell in a Cell, Raw, a bunch of other good stuff. Get to your questions and anything else that comes up, and random banter. And I'm sure this will somehow, some way, still go three hours. But I want to start out with a little project that you um, 
kind of first introduced at the end of last week's show, or last, not, shouldn't say last, ah, it was last week, so screw it, I'm gonna call it last week, last week's show about uh, you and I reviewing matches at the beginning of the show. We're gonna each give each other a match to watch and then kind of review at the top of the show, uh, uh, the next week's show. Might not always be at the beginning of every show, but in this one where we have nothing to talk about and there's no big stories, I thought it'd be a good idea to start it off. You gave me uh, 1990s Russell War, it was the Rock and Roll Express was the Midnight, um, Midnight Express. Uh, I gave you, unfortunately, because you, you said, hey, I will watch this one. It was the Randy Orton, uh, John Cena, Hell in the Cell from 2009. I assume you have watched that show, or that match, rather. Uh, Rich, not only did I watch that match. I'm sorry. I, you, I, you, I wouldn't have recommended that one I, <laughs> had I known. Like, I you said Look, I will matches, watch that the one. Ma- the, the matches don't have to be good. I, okay, because you know, that, that one was long and bad. So. Not good, but, but not only did I do my homework and watch that match, but I went for a little bit of extra credit, and I watched the entire show. How about that? Oh, nice. How was that? That was the one. So the leadoff, the, the first match of the night was Punk and Undertaker, which I thought was going to be awesome, and it was like 10 minutes. So it kind of hurt a little bit. The build was, was not good either. That was the Teddy Long in the... That was Teddy Long in the back that's of... You uh, that out. I was like, what the hell is he watching that he tweeted that out? That makes sense now. Yeah, Teddy Long was in the... How the hell you got to that seg- that segment, that backstage... Okay, now it makes sense. All right, that yeah, that's... Yeah, it was terrible. He was in the back of The Undertaker. <laughs> he was he, he jumped into a limo to, to, to leave a SmackDown taping or something. Right. And uh, Undertaker was driving the limo, and then the limo filled with smoke. And uh, the Undertaker, you know, commented with some stupid pun, you know, now I'm going to drive you to hell. Uh, something stupid. Yeah, it was similar. If you, if you haven't seen that segment, but have seen the, the, the famous Stephanie McMahon one where, you know, where to now, Stephanie or whatever. So basically the exact same thing. Yeah, utterly ridiculous. Except with Teddy Long and with more smoke and with worse lines. So. Yes, and then Teddy Long, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, then he, uh, he showed up <laughs> in a coffin. Uh, yes, and yeah. and, and uh, CM Punk opened the coffin uh, to reveal Teddy Long, who was bound, gagged, and tied up. So I guess he – I, I suppose we're, we're supposed to be led to believe that he was in that coffin for a week because I think it was the <laughs> following week on, on SmackDown when he shows up in the coffin. And uh, so Punk rolls Teddy Long out of the coffin and, uh, and, and unties him and ungags him. And Teddy Long uh, then, I, I guess because he was – Oh, he makes a stipulation then. He says, oh, you're facing Undertaker in a hell in a cell, right? That's right. So uh, the right. implication was the Undertaker kidnapped the man. Uh, beat him within an inch of his life, tied him up, gagged him, threw him in a coffin to get his way so that he can get CM Punk inside the Hell in a Cell. Which, which just so happened to be the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Which just so happened to be the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. <laughs> right. and, oh, how convenient. <laughs> and and, and uh, so so The Undertaker uh, and also his – which is his specialty, as you know, the, the, the yes. Hell in a Cell. It used to be uh, the uh, – see, it started off as the tomb uh, – what, what they used to – casket, casket match. Okay. Then it then it, it morphed into the buried alive match became his specialty. And then, uh, you know, they didn't want little kids, I guess, burying each other in their backyards and killing <laughs> themselves. So it kind of morphed into the Undertaker specialty became the hell in the cell. But the whole don't tell that to Triple H because well, yeah, the, the whole thing was it should remind you on Raw that he has won the most of them. That, that, so. that is true, and he actually, well, I want to get to something else, but um, you know, the the absurd thing here was I can only imagine how absurd CM Punk thought that this all was. See, you know how that guy thinks. He must have thought this whole storyline was completely ridiculous, which it was. I mean, it's completely absurd. Uh, so, and that was the opener, by the way, yes. for the, for the yeah. World Heavyweight title, CM Punk and The Undertaker. You're right. It went about 12 minutes or something. And, 10, uh, 24. I thought it was a relatively tame Hell in the Cell match. Very. And then you saw the other And then two. I saw John Cena <laughs> versus Randy Orton. <laughs> Which may as well have not even been in the cell. Uh, like you had warned me beforehand, 
the cell did not even come into play. No, it was just a, it was a Hell in a Cell match. It was a, it was a Randy Orton John Cena match that was harder to see for the live crowd. <laughs> that was it. It was a cage match where they where they didn't utilize the cage. It was just they did one move. I think um, at one point, well, Cena throws the steps at Orton and, and Orton dives out of the way and it hits the cage. And then at some point, I think they do like a they do like a Snake Eyes or something into it. And that's the only two that I remember at all. What a terrible fucking company this is. And, it, and then <laughs> so this match is they barely utilize uh, the Hell in the Cell step at all. And and then. For the finish, because keep in mind, I'm watching this. Sh- I've never seen this show. Okay? Yeah, yeah. This is 2009. This is dead set in the middle of a of a WWE era where, if I happen to be free on a Sunday night, I may have looked for a stream. <laughs> and if I did find one, if the thing got kicked off or if it was a shitty feed, I would just hand wave it and go do something else. So this was a show that I did not ever see, um, and and so I came in as blind. And then for the, the the finish of this match, I had to rewind about 19 times because I could he, he missed on the punt. It came nowhere yes. near the man's head. And that was the finish, by the way. And, and it came the it came nowhere near his head to the point where watching it, you know, quote unquote live, I thought Cena intentionally dodged the punt. Well, I believe the crowd did as well, even though they couldn't see shit because it was in a cell. I you can tell from the crowd's reaction they thought it was a reversal too. I thought he rolled out of the way. Like, everybody was waiting for the STF from Cena, and it just never happened. And it, they pinned him. Right. But, and then they showed they, – they, I don't know why they showed the replay. They showed the – No, in, in slow-mo and, like, close-up. Slow-mo yeah. replay of the boot <laughs> missing Cena's head by a good seven inches. <laughs> You're not exaggerating either. A good seven inches. At least seven <laughs> inches. Six, seven inches he missed his head by. There was so much light. And, and they showed it in slow motion multiple times. <laughs> This match was terrible. I, you know, I wasn't watching this with star ratings in mind, but th- 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 I might not even have given that match two stars. It's I wouldn't. It's horrible have. when you throw Maybe that. Maybe one and a half. I, I, Honestly, I'm, I hated it. It's awful. I might have given it the old WWE two stars uh, just mm-hmm. for the effort, but until the finish when he missed his head with the kick, uh, that would have knocked at least a half a star off a damn thing. It was a horrible match. And then I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. We're still in the now. The, <laughs> They're still on main event. And another cell, sir. Now the Miz is coming out, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" This was like a mid card match for the WWE title, and I'm scratching my head trying to think, "What the hell could the main event be?" Rich, there was a third Hell in the Cell match on this card. <laughs> is it any wonder the Hell in the Cell gimmick is completely dead? Which I, I, I statistically looked at too uh, a few uh, months ago. That yeah, Hell in the Cells are are, are pretty much dead, and and this pay per view was kind of the. The beginning of the end. There was another one. It was it yes. was it was glow stick era DX. <laughs> the worst. Oh god, they were horrible. Other than just the fucking worst at this time. Other than the Bushwhackers, or maybe Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Is there anything in WWE with more just eye rolling? And even makes you I even didn't mind DX in their first incarnations. I know you were obviously probably past the age that they were gearing to, which was 12, which was me. So when they were making poop jokes and dick jokes, I was like, ah, this is the greatest thing ever. So I liked it in the Attitude Era and that stuff. And then they came back, and then it was just like, yeah, all right, whatever, the DX2000 and all that sort of stuff. And then they had their other little comeback here. This one, though, this version of DX was the absolute worst thing ever. Because it was two 40-year-old men yes. making do- poop and dick jokes yes. like they were in 1997. Acting like 13-year-olds. But they weren't. But both of them had, had like blood feuds and been like these big monsters. And it was you could tell that it was just like, hey, we're just gonna goof off for like six months. Do you care? 
and that's what this was. And then they just buried everybody in in sight as well. Yeah, they were including in this match Legacy, who facing two two thirds of Legacy, because <laughs> the other third was busy missing kicks to the head earlier, and and, and I, was Manu still around at this point, or had Manu? Uh, this been... is this is very very post. Okay, so okay. Manu had been dispatched by this. One. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, uh, so there's no Manu, and uh, so they, they everything is basically post Manu. Manu did not last very long. So, uh, yeah, so what happened here was Triple H gets locked outside the cage, and they give Shawn Michaels a pretty hellacious beating uh, for a good 20 minutes, which, let me tell you something, this was the best of these of these three hell matches. Three and a half stars would Dave get that Hell in a Cell match. So. This was the best of the three, uh, because at least, you know, Shawn Michaels took a very convincing beating. And I had happened to watch a bunch of Shawn Michaels that day, because I'm... Um, so confused by this whole PWO thing where everybody seems to think Shawn Michaels was a terrible wrestler. It's patently absurd. Um, but I don't want to get into that. I could do two hours on that alone. Um, Maybe another show. But uh, so I went back and watched a bunch of Shawn Michaels to, to, you know, wondering whether I had been watching the wrong Shawn Michaels all of those years. You know, the great, awesome, all time great Shawn Michaels. I'm not even a huge Shawn Michaels fan. And I can concede that the guy was you know, utterly fantastic. And it's, you know, to me, it's not even debatable, but so I, I, anyway, I went back and watched a bunch of Shawn Michaels and, 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 and and including this match. And I mean, he was very good in this match, taking that beating and uh, you know, with his facials and the selling. And then of course, Triple H disappears for about 15 minutes because it took him 15 minutes to find a pair of, uh, uh, first of all, a sledgehammer and uh, a device to get through the cage. Um, so he had to go back and find like what do you call those things? I guess a giant pair of uh, I don't know what like the the cutters. The... Yeah, he had to cut the bolt, a bolt cutter. Yeah, a bolt cutter, bolt cutter. <laughs> what what is this tool what you... that cuts bolts? <laughs> yes, what do you call this device uh, that cuts bolts? <laughs> yes, I think you'd call it a bolt cutter. And it, it, I guess it took him a half hour to find one in the back. He did. He got in the cage, and <laughs> and then uh, they they were victorious over over uh, Stardust and 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 Ted DiBiase. Uh, not Junior, because you can't call anybody Junior, because Vince right. has deep-seated issues, because he's a weird as fuck. Uh, just a strange, strange <laughs> man. Just a, it, just a completely insane and strange individual, where nobody can be called Junior because he has he issues can. with people right. calling him Junior. Uh, so he's just a, a really weird fucking. We're gonna bury WWE on this podcast. Yeah, it's not gonna yeah, go. This is gonna be one of those. We're gonna be those guys. We should send this to the lunatic fringe, the TNA lunatic fringe. They will love this episode. They will have. They won't listen. Yeah, we're but, we're gonna get over strong with those guys today if they listen. This is gonna be their show. If they ever were gonna listen to an episode, this is the one. So but Vince is a fucking nut. But uh, but anyway, so Ted DiBiase, not Junior, uh, and 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 Cody Rhodes and 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 DX uh, stood tall at the end. But what a horrible show, start to finish. Yeah, I mean that was not even the John Morrison Dolph Ziggler match, which I thought had some potential. I mean they picked it up towards the end, and I ended up liking the match. Uh, very early on during the Dolph Ziggler, uh, it was right when he got called up and was doing the handshake gimmick. And, um, you know, the, the, you know, that, that was probably the best match on the show. And that wasn't even a great match. So, uh, not, not, not a very good show overall. And, and, and I'm glad that I watched that 2009 Cena Orton, because I, I, I'm the one this coming up this Sunday can't possibly be worse than that. No, no. So that's good. It helped. It did help, and you know, it's it's. I need to fill these gaps of, of some of these random shows that I missed, 
So, uh, you know, I would have the problem with this era and, and it's a problem that I have with this era as well is and, and, and I'm one who, you know, you mentioned you, you were completely dis, disengaged with the, the product. And I, I was still watching it a little bit at this time, but nothing I, I can't retain anything from that era whatsoever where, you know, we'll go to wrestling trivia at the squared circle every so often. Me and, me and a few buddies and Sean, actually, who's our new raw reviewer, him and I will go all the time and we'll, we'll clean up. We, we do really well in every single time we we're, we're, we dominate and because we're idiots and this has been our life goal is to have a wrestling bar that has wrestling trivia it's like the greatest thing ever but the, anytime they ask questions of this era like they had a kofi kingston category the other time and i just i i, I knew nothing i just couldn't do any of it and i was I, there was stuff that before i was born that i know because i've read it and i've done this and i've watched the old tapes and i've watched all this they asked who did kofi beat for the u.s title and i i couldn't give you two I couldn't answer that. That's we got that. We, we did horrible on that category, and it was just like it was like Edge and Jack Swagger, and it was Dolph Ziggler, and it was Sheamus, and it was The Miz, and it was like I, it, I just I who, Kofi Kingston U.S. title wins. I no clue. I listen. nothing. And I, I, I've seen this card before. I have, and I have no idea about that main event that you're talking about. The bolt cutters don't remember anything. Don't remember the DX Legacy. I remember the Orton Cena because I watched it recently. I remember the Punk Undertakers. I watched it recently. I don't know a thing about that, and I saw that. I watched it live. We talk, and I have nothing. Well, Rich, we talk about it all the time. Anything from about, I don't know, 2004 or 2006, sometime around that time. Anything from that time period on in this company all mixes together and blends together. I have to bring it back to this PWO project they're doing with the greatest wrestler ever. And they have these great threads, these, these nomination threads where people talk about, you know, you nominate a wrestler. Okay, for the top 100, and then you know you just talk about that wrestler in the thread. Everybody argues with each other and goes back and forth. Well, if you go into any one of those threads that involve a WWE wrestler of recent vintage, let's use Cena for example. Yeah. And one of the posters, you know, will post a bunch of Cena matches because these guys are amazing with their recall, the shit that they remember. They'll, you know, you you go into these threads, they'll post a bunch of Cena matches that they recommend people go back and watch. Rich, I look at those list of matches and I can't remember any of them. Right. They are—they're all the fucking same. These random raw matches that, and and these random pay-per-view matches. I don't. None of them stand out. None of them are distinguishable, except maybe a couple of the WrestleMania matches here or there. I even had to go back and look up uh, some of Cena's WrestleMania matches to fill the gaps. In terms of, you know, I couldn't, yeah. oh, I no, couldn't no, remember I, I all his yeah. WrestleMania matches because he even had some like random three ways at WrestleManias that I had forgotten about. And it's just everything in this company. Since about 2006, it just feels ex- – you know why? Because all the shows look exactly the same. Raw has looked exactly the same for the last decade. SmackDown has looked exactly the same for the last decade, and it's just been a blue version of Raw. All the pay-per-views look the same with the exception of a slightly different – They, you know, the, the, the stage setups aren't even different anymore. They're basically no, just – No, no. I, I recall that during SummerSlam. Uh, my buddy, we, we were watching it, and he goes, that's the same Raw. He goes, they, they, they couldn't even get a different set for SummerSlam, and it wasn't. It was the exact same set. This company – just does it's it's all the same shit every week they never mix anything up it's always the same sort of production the 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 on-screen graphics never change and you can't tell any of this shit apart all the matches are worked the same if it's listen if it's not wrestlemania every match is worked the same it's the, yeah. it's the same fucking match on matches on raw every week it's the same matches on all the pay-per-views unless it's wrestlemania that's what'll mix it up a little bit that's what it gives you something a little different and the Rumble, too, which I think is some that, that – that a big reason why the Royal Rumble has still sort of been one of the big four paper – or, you know, I can't even say the big four anymore. I mean, honestly, it's big three, and in, in a lot of cases, it's big two because SummerSlam, you know, continues to just kind of be there. But the Royal Rumble always gets – because I think there's something unique about it because it's just like, oh, my God, we're getting something different. Like, you don't – we just don't get – 
you know, battle royals or 30 men or 40 men battle royals ever. So that that's one that stands out. But yeah, you're, you're completely right. I mean, I won't know. I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you a no way out. 2005 versus a battleground 2000 i mean it, it just nothing all same just completely yeah i mean you can't even <laughs> you don't even know what the hell favorite is coming up this sunday i don't i keep calling it battleground i call it including today when i thought you were joking and then you were like oh crap i wasn't joking you're texting me asking me hey what, what do you want to talk about when we record later and i'm like oh well you know battleground's coming up I, i'm still calling the thing battleground <laughs> i don't know what there's between these shows are all the same except this was gonna have cages around the ring are they having three again or are they having two I don't even know what the hell's on. Uh, this show. Just, I, let's not jump ahead, but um, yeah, let's get to something good here. We got we have, we have you, you wanted me to watch Russell War ninety, which the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express wins nineteen minutes and thirty one seconds, but it did not feel that way whatsoever. Uh, Joe, before I give my thoughts, what were your thoughts on this match or reason why you picked it? Well, I I had recently watched it because they on the network they added it to uh, the vault, so yes. uh, you know it, it was easily accessible. You don't have to go fast forwarding through a pay per view. Uh, the pay per view, of course, was called Wild Thing because of course it was 1990, and why wouldn't it be called Wild yeah, Thing? Yeah, Russell War uh, Russell War '90 Wild yeah. Thing with one of the gayest posters ever. <laughs> and that's I mean that in a very like. Not derogatory, but it, it, it's a shirtless. Have you ever seen the poster? I've never seen the poster for the Here, show. Here, let, let me. Uh, I, I'll show you. You'll see why I called it gay, and it's not like very homophobic of you, Rich. Let's see. Well, no, no, it's not at all. Like you'll see, it's it's very like. It would be a big hit in the gay community. It looks like a gay porn. Right, let me take a look. Yeah. Let me see this poster here. I mean, it's not. I don't mean that derogatory whatsoever. I have. I, you yeah, know. you've got shirtless Lex flexing on a uh, on a and a. <laughs> you know what? That, <laughs> That could be the cover of a gay porn DVD. There's no question. And it's just wild thing on and top. It does, <laughs> All right. I, that is a, there's I, a gay porn. They, they found a, a, a gay porn DVD, or not DVD at the time. That'd be that'd be incredible if they found a gay porn DVD in 1990. But they found a VHS and some video store and that, and they went, oh, cool. We got we got our design. It's ready to go. We just need to. You know, the, the fact of the matter is you can probably take just about any wrestling poster from that era and turn it into yeah. a uh, gay porn VHS <laughs> uh, so uh, Russell War 91 is not much better. Yeah, it's like, here, here, here you go with this one. Unfortunately, nobody could see. You, you'll be watching around with me, but uh, let's see. Russell War 91. Let me let me describe this one here. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got a, a shirtless Sid, a shirtless Arn Anderson, who would be, would be no, he's got suspenders he's got on. Suspenders, no, 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 right. he's not all the way shirtless. And uh, Barry Windham with eye black and a helmet, and they're wearing camo, mm-hmm. and they're oiled up. <laughs> and uh, it says, we want you over Sid's head. So, uh, yeah, yes. another another gay VHS porn cover. Absolutely. You know what? This, you know, it, if you removed a verbiage, a uh, certain verbiage <laughs> from these and 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 you, you, you got non-wrestling fans off the street yeah. and you just put the gay porn VHS covers and the wrestling VHS covers side by side and ask people to pick which was which, I guarantee they'd get confused a little bit. Uh, th- yeah, this one with the suspenders. I- <laughs> this one's bad. And they're hitting every sort of, you know, like 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 Sid. You know, you obviously have the big, br- you know, he's shirtless and yeah, oiled all up. the types are there. Yeah, and you- you've got Arn Anderson who would be like the classic bear. Uh, so to speak, and then you've got uh, Barry Windham. Uh, you know the, the ladies uh, enjoyed Barry Windham back in the day, so I'm sure that uh, men of that persuasion thought that he was a looker. And he's pointing at you in this picture. Yes, Barry Windham. Yeah. He's, he wants you. He wants you. He wants you. Barry Windham wants you. Uh, wow, this thing got off the rails. Okay, yes. Let's uh, Russell War 1990. So, right, so wild, wild thing. Uh, Russell War uh, 90. It was Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. 
And uh, see, the reason, you know, so I watched it because it, it popped up in the vault. And it's one of these matches that they're playing in between, like when a show ends and they have 20 minutes to kill before the next show starts on the network. They've been playing matches, random matches. And this was one of them that they were playing. And I watched it one day and uh, it, it, it just felt topical to me because the Rock and Roll Express, of course, this is, you know, they may fall off the Hall of Fame ballot. They may go in. It could go either way. One of those two things is very likely to happen. So uh, this was actually, you know, 1990. You're talking about five years past their prime. Right. Yeah, this is. And, you know, and you can tell physically. I mean, you can look at their bodies and kind of get that. idea. Yeah, I mean, they're already starting to get chubby. And, you know, they're facing the Midnight Express, but they're facing the Stan Lane version of the Midnight Express because they had those classic matches against the the Dennis Condry version years earlier. And uh, what struck me about this match was. Even though it was not, it's it's a little bit past their prime, and believe they had a major league career that went well beyond. I mean, they were wrestling on you know in WWE until like 1998. So you know they went on the new the new you know right yeah they were they were there with the new NWA you know Jim Cornette 1998. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I saw them in Independence in like 2004. I mean, they're still yeah, I mean, they're still going. I mean, they're they're still there. Yeah, they're still going. I mean, it's not good, but but I mean you know but but I mean as far as even being major league wrestlers, I mean they headlined in smoky mountain about four or five years after this match mm-hmm. for a couple of years and then they they re, you know they were on wwe pay-per-views and on raw as recently as like 1998 so it's not like they were completely over the hill at this point but it was clear that they were past their prime at this point and uh, it was still a, i thought a great match and a perfect example of if if people don't know you know when they hear the term playing ricky morton well i mean this is like exhibit a I mean, yeah. you know, he sold literally forever in this match. This was a classic Ricky Morton performance. And, 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 you know, Robert Gibson did his best standing on the apron that he, you know, that, that, uh, that he's known for. But, but the thing is about Gibson, I think he takes too much shit. Uh, a lot of people think Gibson was just kind of along for the ride, wasn't any good. You know, Gibson, I think, while he, he clearly wasn't as good as Morton ever at any point, um, I, did think he held up his end of the bargain with the team overall, and I thought he was pretty yeah. good in this match too. He was great in this match. Uh, one, one of the things that I liked, and I, I really enjoyed this match. I, I actually watched it twice just to kind of. It was one of those ones where it was done, and I said, "Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm going to watch it again." And and one of the reasons why I did that is because it felt like, and I don't know if you got this idea, it felt like a few different matches in one where you start off. And it, it started off like crazy. Guys were, were were bumping all over the place, you know, tagging in and out. There was a lot of a lot of offense from both teams, a lot of back and forth, you know, very quick pace. It felt like a almost like an independent tag like like an independent match that you would get these days, or like a Ring of Honor undercard in like 2005 or whatever between you know whoever Rocky Romero and blah blah blah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? One of those ones where it's very quick pace and it looks like they because I didn't know what the time was of this match. I thought it was going to be a 10 minute match, and they're working it really really quick and really quick. And I'm going, okay, well this is this is. Joe wanted me to watch this because it was it was so quick pace and it was so ahead of its time or whatever. Then you have a lot of cornet stuff where he kind of comes in, he's doing interactions with the ref and he's 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 you know trying to interfere and they're, they're you know people are hitting him and that the you know the Midnight Express is shoving each other and they're kind of falling apart and all this sort of stuff. And then it slows down, but it slows down in a really fun way where yeah, as you said, it, it goes into the typical what you would call the Rock and Roll Express sort of template where okay, Gibson's on the corner now and he's sitting there waiting while while you know. You know, Morton's just taking a beating and just taking a beating and taking a beating and taking a beating. And then you get the hot tag and then it's, you know, it's that. And then the finish was was interesting as well. I thought that was a little that was the only part I didn't really love because I thought it was sort of it it was kind of interesting. It it was weird how they got to it. And you'd have to kind of see it to get an idea of exactly what I'm talking about. I felt like a guy kind of slipped out of his hands or or something like that. But either way. But no, I thought I really liked that because the first maybe 
eight minutes were super quick pace, super, and I was saying, okay, you know, this thing's going to be over in, in two minutes, and, and it was a fun match because it was very quick. But then it wasn't. Then it slowed down for the next eight or nine minutes, which was perfect. It, it, it was a balance of two, and it was one that when you're done watching, you felt like you saw two matches, and then you felt like, even though it was 20 minutes, that it wasn't very long. Where I went right back and said, yeah, cool, I'm going to watch this over again because I think there were some things I missed here and there. Just really good. I mean, really well worked for guys that you mentioned past their prime as well. And that's one thing that I wanted to mention as well is that these guys, you look at them and they're, they're chubby. They, they don't look like they should be good. This is on a, the, uh, I don't know if this, this wasn't the opener, but this was very early in the, in the, in the card. Cause I, I looked at the rest of the card afterwards. They're not main eventers or not anything like that. It's not their prime or whatever, but it's still really good and a lot of fun. And, and, you know, a big reason why they gave them 20 minutes to go here. And, and, and they really, I, I thought the psychology was great as well. Really good. Okay. The finish I heard you mention a finish. I think yeah, it was okay. Here's what happened. I think they it was it was okay. They they somebody missed their cue by a little. Morton bit, did. Now here's what happened. Yes. They had they had Gibson up for a. They were going to give him a, like a double flapjack. Yeah. They each had him by one leg and they had him up in the air. Now at this point, Morton is supposed to come in and spear Eaton, and then Gibson it, then rolls up Lane. Roll up, yeah. And 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 pins him. But what happened was Morton was a little late getting back into the ring. And Eaton kind of didn't know himself. what to do, so he kind of just let go on his own. And 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 more and uh, Gibson went into the uh, in, into the role with Lane, and then Morton comes flying in and spears him. On the replay, it looked awful because in slow motion you could see Eaton kind of panic because Morton's not there, and you really don't have a ton of time here because on the flapjack, you know, once they get, you know, they're falling backwards with the guy. Sure, yeah. So you either have to they don't go want to break his neck and hold it. Yeah, they need to let him go. You either have so, to yeah. go through with the move at that point and 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 do a different finish or, you know, he just chose to let go. And then Morton came flying in. And in full speed, I thought it looked fine. Yeah, no, when they showed that replay, I initially I was kind of like, "Oh, what, you know, how did that end?" And then they showed the replay and I, went, eh, I don't know if I like yeah, that very much. Yeah, they, no, yeah, it's, they did botch the finish a little bit. And then and then but if it would have you know, if it would have happened as planned, it would have been a pretty cool finish. Uh, you know, with the flapjack getting, you know, with the spear and then uh, Gibson rolled him up. But uh, but that's a minor complaint, really. I mean, otherwise, I, I really enjoy it. Did you, did you get that sense that I, what I mentioned as well, where it almost felt like two different matches? Well, I mean, yeah, you had the early part of the match, which, which like you said, was fast-paced and got the fans into it. And then you knew it was going to settle in because that's, yeah. that, that's a Rock and Roll Express match. Well, that's why I was kind of curious of why, why you, you sent it to me because, like I said, I didn't know the time. And, you know, we're eight minutes in and they're still going like gangbusters. And, you know, I'm like, huh, this is weird. I mean, how long is this match going to be? And then I sort of sat back and sat back and I went, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. I get it. Yeah, especially against the Midnight, you know that you're going to have that long, long, long beat down mm -hmm. period on, on Morton, which you had here. And the thing is – he gets beat down forever in these matches, but it, it like you said, it doesn't feel like it. Whereas, you know, th th this is basically the tag template that they use for every match on Raw, and the match can be seven minutes long, and it feels like you're sitting there for an hour. And that really speaks to how good Ricky Morton was and, and, and how great he was in that role. Because these long beatdowns, you know, they, they work the arm. They work the shoulder in this one. And, you know, give credit to the Midnight Express, too. Where you know they were they were working his arm in a very compelling way, they weren't putting you to sleep with how they were working over his shoulder either. Um, you know, it just wasn't. It could have easily have just been a series of long arm bars. You know what I mean? 
but mm-hmm. that's not what it was. They were they were they kept it compelling and then they worked his arm in, in, in a bunch of different ways uh, to keep the thing moving. So yeah, I and, and and like I said, I just thought it was a really good example of. I mean that that's pretty much the the template of a rock and roll express match. And and I figured since it was also against the opponent that they're you know the Midnight Express is obviously the opponents that they're they're most associated with. So. You know, I thought it was a good match to watch if you had never seen it. So, mm-hmm. so there you go. Absolutely. All right. Are we uh, are we going to reveal our picks now, or are we going to wait till the end of the show? Yeah, let's for... just do it now. All righty. Who, uh, who, who? What am I watching next? Are week? you going to torture me with something? Oh, I'm going first here. No, I'm going to find you a good one. Oh, you want me to go first? I got it. I'm I'm all set. Oh, you're all set. Go ahead. What am I watching? All right. Well, since it's Halloween, <laughs> I'm going to have you go Halloween Havoc 1993. And another, I was actually surprised. I was watching this uh, this this week, and I didn't know there were two spin the wheel, make the deal matches, but there were. So I'm not going to make you watch the awful, awful Sting versus Jake Roberts coal miner glove. Instead, I'm going to make you watch the Big Van Vader Cactus Jack Texas Death Match. 1993. 1993 Halloween Havoc. Big Van Vader Cactus Jack Texas Death. The second spin the wheel, make the deal. I don't know why did they bring that back. All right. I'm watching the show and I'm like, they're like, oh, we got the wheel. And I'm like, why? No, that was a, a miserable failure last year. Yeah. Well, Maybe they decided to finally actually like rig the thing. So it didn't give them like a horrible, I'm horrible. Sh- I mean, I'm sure it was rigged the year before, too. I wasn't. Why would it be the coal miners club? I, I guess they thought it hey, was. Hey, you guys idea. all watched Mid-South 10 years uh, ago. This, this, you all know what a coal miners glove is in 1992 in modern America, right? That was so southern and grimy and it ended up, <laughs> and it ended up being terrible, of course. I still don't know what a coal miner I had to ask somebody the other day and they said, well, it's it, like there's steel on the, is that what it is? There's I like just, steel on the knuckles or something like I that, right? I just assumed it was some sort of loaded glove or something. I, I, <laughs> a loaded glove. I don't, I don't know. WCW loved, loved their loaded the gloves whole, until yeah, like the 98. They were still doing loaded gloves. Like nobody knows what that is. Whole, you have to tell people about that. The whole thing with loaded gloves and brass <laughs> knucks and like taped fists. Like, the ta- yeah, the flair always had that white thing. He, he brought it in WWF as well where it was like, oh, he's got that white thing on his and nobody knew what the hell it was. Like nobody explained it. There was never any background given as to what the fuck this thing was. Like, all those gimmicks are so grimy and they just scream like – you know, like Alabama 1982. Like, it's, right, yeah. I think 82 is the first thing that goes to my head is 1982. Is. Like, seriously, who wants to watch that? But uh, terrible stipulations. Like, remember remember Duggan was, like, taping his fist is yeah, like, yeah. 1995 in WCW? Like, Well, that was during Uncensored when they had a taped fist match. Uh, that became his gimmick after that. It's like, yeah, right. We're, how does taping... He's a rugged fighter because he taped his I don't fist. Which... Like, I don't even understand. Like, I can understand. All right, the coal miners... It makes your knuckles not bleed. It's supposed to help you. It doesn't hurt the other guy more. But that's how they portray It just him. makes you feel better when you punch. You can punch people more. No, guess, no, no. When like... Duggan would tape up that fist and he punched the guy, they would. It was a bit, yeah. Would... Well, no, I know what they wanted it to be, but it's not what, it, what actually taping your fist would do. That's like, it doesn't make it, it hurt more. Sense. It's just, it's completely absurd. <laughs> right. Everything about Jim Duggan. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Post Mid-South is completely absurd. Everything about him. It could, from taping the fists to the stupid, you know, half-retarded gimmick he was doing in WWF all those years. I don't know. All right, so I'm going to be – all right, 1993, Halloween Havoc, Cactus Jack, and Vader. I think, I think I've seen that, but I don't remember it. So it I wasn't sure. Anyway, anyway, to get us in the, the Halloween mood. Unfortunately, the show will be after Halloween, but I thought you would – you can watch it on Halloween. You know, oh, no, 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 we'll still be we'll, – we'll probably record before next Halloween. That's Friday. Yeah. I have an awful memory, so I because I don't remember it, it counts as not – it's actually a pretty fun card. Um, it's not great, but it, it's not bad. I get to see the Shockmaster post, you know, breaking through the 
when he was just a klutz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went down to the ring and was said, I am going to shock you. Right. They rolled with the idea. Trust my Dave is the shock. Yes. Actor, so. They couldn't. They, they, yeah. The, the, the introduction went so badly that from that point forward, they just presented him as clumsy. Right. They just tripped over chairs and stuff the whole time. <laughs> they, they just rolled with it. Uh, okay. Here's your match. Okay. This is from 7 to 93. Okay, now, oh, now you're, you're, okay. you're going to have to look this one up. <laughs> you're, you, you have a pen handy. Uh, I do. Well, no, you know what? Here, I'll put it in the old word pad. Okay. I'm a modern, it I'm is, a millennium man. I will. It is uh, Toshiaki Kawada. Okay. Akira Tawe. And Yoshinari Ogawa. Okay. Versus. Seven, what was it? 7293? 7293. Okay. Against Misawa, Kobashi, and Jun Akiyama. Okay. Seven to ninety-three. Now, I think a, a place you can find this quickly is if you go to the observer board and you go to the Allen section of the observer board and you go to that mm-hmm. thread where the guy has the chronological list of the five-star matches. Oh, I see. Okay. It's in that post because it was a okay, five-star cool. match, so uh, you can find it there. The the quick uh, link. Uh, via YouTube. Make sure you get the right one, 7293, because there's a million of these all-Japan six-mans you know, that, that Dave loved. But this is the, they, there's a specific reason that I want you to watch this one. Okay. And it has to do with the last guy mentioned, uh, Junakiyama, because you know him as the grumpy post-40-year-old. Mm-hmm. I want you to see the spry Quick. youngster who was fresh on the scene. In 1993, in his rookie year, in there with the uh, with let's see, one, two, three Hall of Famers, one guy who very easily could be one, and another guy uh, Ogawa, who is an excellent professional wrestler, still going strong today uh, in Noah. Uh, so uh, I want you to take a look at and focus on Junakiyama in that match because I don't know if you've ever seen Got him it. as a youngster. I've seen a little bit here and there, but I haven't really seen. There's there has been one where I kind of focused on it. He was sort of a part of a few ones that I've, I've seen of, of those matches. But this one, I, I will pay particular attention to him as that. Because, yeah, I, I love him as old, grimy old guy. So let's see here. Let me see if we got a link to this there one. There is. I'm sure. actually, I pulled it up. It's in the thread. Is that how you? Okay, I see. So you could easily find it there. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, cool. So there you go. And hopefully your listeners are following along and watching some of these matches too. Except the Orton Cena Hell in a Cell. Nah, right? listen. I think you have to watch that one to have a better appreciation for what you're going to get. The matches don't have this to be coming good. Sunday, so they don't have to right. be good. Just, we're studying here. We're exposing each other to some new stuff here. Um, why don't we segue into Battleground? All right, that time I did it on purpose. Yeah, I know that time I was going to be like you. You it's, couldn't. It's uh, Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Orton Cena again. Uh, you know, obviously the expectations are very low. Here, here's something I found that they did on Raw, which it this got me thinking. When Orton came out and did his promo, mm-hmm. uh, the solo promo, later on in the show, I think at the top yeah, of the was, second hour. That was hour, the background one, right. He, he came out and he sort of ran down the history between himself and John Cena. And it made me think of something that I had read a couple of years ago that – I had either read or heard on a podcast or something from one of the WWE ex-creative writers, and they had mentioned that Vince McMahon had told them one time that you have to treat every show, every Raw, like everyone who's watching is watching for the first time. That's Vince's philosophy. 
And it was funny because that's that's probably why Randy Orton, that's probably why they do this match over and over and over again. Because in Vince's mind, because this man is deranged, he just assumes that most of the people watching don't remember any of those matches. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because Randy Orton was out there giving sort of the Cliff Notes history of the Cena-Orton feud, which we've all – believe me, we're all well-schooled on it. We're tired of it. We know all right, about right. Cena and Orton and how many times they wrestle each other. But he's out there doing that because, again, they're working under the assumption that nobody – that either people don't remember – or there's first-time viewers jumping in for the first time. And that whole theory that Vince has of treating every show like, like everyone's watching for the first time is so patently absurd. You know, I watched Boardwalk Empire last Sunday, and 28 minutes into the show, they didn't have one of the characters uh, sort of give a brief synopsis of what happened right, during the right. first four seasons. You either got to – it's ridiculous. You don't, you, don't, you don't do that. That's not what you do. Okay? You're either going to – if you're going to jump in, you're, you're going to watch two or three episodes, and you're going to catch up. You're, you're going to have a reasonable understanding of what's going on. And if someone's turning on Raw for the very first time on the 20th of October in 2014, they're not running to their pay-per-view provider to buy Randy Orton, John Cena anyway. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's I think the funniest thing is that, and it 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 does a disservice in a lot of ways. And I don't know because this is how I am, and this is how I've always been. Is I watch stuff, and I always have a computer nearby or have something nearby. And this has been as long as I've you know had the internet and had this sort of stuff. I used to write stuff down, and what I would do is go back and research it and look it up and read. And that's how I learned about wrestling. Is I I didn't go in. And, and rent because I used to rent VHS. I mentioned that a bunch of times. I'd go to Blockbuster or you know Family Video, or that, or Hollywood Video, all these sort of old things, the old relics of, of years gone by that nobody probably remembers, or, or at least nobody, everybody that listens to our show probably remembers them. But there's going to be a generation that, that's going to have no idea about those. And I would go and I would watch. I'd pop in a random tape or whatever. I'd watch it. And yeah, I didn't get all the background on all these guys. But what I did is I would write guys down. I would say, oh, that guy was cool. Let me find out more about him. And then I would go to the library and I would get a book and I'd read through the book. Or now when I, I, I see stuff, I, I research it. I, I look it up. It, it, it does a disservice to just immediately have to let all that stuff go and, and just have it be – because they're, they're so – it's weird though because they're so big into their history for some things. And then other things they're not – they're so pick and choose about, about what – part of history they're going to tell you about or what 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 they're going to kind of let you discover on your own or what they don't want you to discover they're so weird about that it's yeah, just it, you it's, know the undertaker never faced triple h at wrestlemania until wrestlemania 26 or whatever it was yeah and and they, they've been so i mean especially with the network they've been so big about hitting you over the head with this 1998 to 2001 or 1997 to 2001 history but then leaving out parts that they want to and doing this sort of stuff and it's like it's I I just don't get it of how I mean especially in this modern era where as I mentioned you can have your phone nearby you at any point so if they said you know John Cena and Randy Orton have faced each other x amount of times you would probably look at you know you didn't need the guy to to run down every single time they've ever fought each other and all their history and all that sort of stuff because a if I wanted to find out I'd find out and b you know Whatever, and I think that's more of a that's more for commentary in my mind. Well, it was really so than the as he was but. as he was given that promo. I was thinking to myself, why are they bothering with this? We all know that these two guys have been rivals forever. And then it struck me because I remembered that that Vince quote mm-hmm. from the creative writer, and I was like, oh well, this is this is that Vince theory of maybe he just assumes that people don't know that these guys have faced each other a billion times. And then it struck me 
that and if that's the case, maybe that's why they don't even think they don't even blink about matching these guys on, up on pay-per-view constantly because they just figure out it, it, it's new to the viewer. You know, right. you know, they forgot and nobody remembers or, you know, it, it's, it's new to half the people watching anyway. So we, we can keep doing it. We keep going back to that. Well, and it, it all kind of made sense for me. But uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, th- a lot of times we're kind of stuck in that hardcore bubble when we criticize WWE and we forget that, you know, most of the people in the arena and most of the people at home aren't viewing things through the same lens that we are. But I think I can safely say that even, you know, the most ardent, hardcore WWE, you know, uh, universe type fan, you know, the universe type fan, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I got you. They even have to. They be remember tired. it. They remember at least half. They have. I mean, maybe they don't time. remember Absolutely. SummerSlam 2007, but there there are a few that they remember. Even that type of fan has to be tired of these two guys facing each other, and is and there's no way that even that type of fan is looking forward to this match. I can't accept that. And that, you bring up a decent point too that I I, I sort of touched on in my article uh, that I wrote last week uh, about the two, and that's. You know, as Orton's running this down, and as he's talking about, you know, this one and this and this history or whatever, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone, and I don't think you're alone, and I don't think a lot of the hardcore fans, and, and even as you said, the universe fans are alone, and just kind of going, eh, you know, this should be, they, 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 they spin this as some sort of legendary battle between the two biggest stars of this generation, and let's be honest, they are, I mean, they, they, when, when we look at this era, 20, 30 years from now, these are going to be two of the biggest guys from this era, and they fought each other a, n- a number of times, and it should be a big deal when they face each other, but it's just not. Just nobody, I mean, it's so hard to care about another match between these two. See, the problem is, it's because we've talked about, for the most part, most of the matches stink. They suck. They're terrible. And they're not good matches, and that's the problem. You can't really have an epic rivalry if the matches aren't any good. And, um, you know, that's something. Now, that's where I think your common died in the wool universe type of fan. We need to come up with a clever voices of wrestling term for that type of fan is what we need to do. I'm going to think of one. But for okay, now, we're going to stick with the universe fan. For the universe fan, I'm not sure that they agree with that. That type of fan might think that these matches are exci- are good or exciting or high quality. I don't know. I can tell you one thing. I can tell you this that for a fact. The people in the back think they're great matches. I can tell you that right now. The people in that company, when Cena and Orton go in and put in one of their two-and-a-half-star efforts, they're getting back pats and handshakes when they go, when they go back through Gorilla. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. It's kind of like when you watch those shitty matches on NXT that we all hate. You know when you when there's an NXT match which is so yeah like numbers. the the most the most generic Neville versus Tyson Kidd where they do side not even those matches know, like the most for... the most generic wrestling school kind of matches that you see sometimes on NXT uh you, like you said where it's a side bull Dempsey a bull Dempsey side headlock yeah. match now you know when they come through that curtain they're getting they're getting praised because <laughs> that's what they want those guys to go out there and do it's kind of sort of the same theory they love the way Randy Orton works a match. And there's a lot of people that love the way Randy Orton works a match. They love the way John Cena works a match. You know those matches are getting praised when they come. I, I'm telling you, they get praised when they come back through that curtain. So I think that's where sort of the hardcore geek fans like us and the people that are listening to this, because if you're listening to this, you're a geek. If you're listening oh, yeah. to these two idiots blabber on about wrestling once a week, uh, you qualify as a geek fan. Um, that's where I think they differ from the quote-unquote geek fan. I, I think they think these matches are good, uh, but they're not. They're not good matches. 
And um, I, and but I do think that the universe is tired of the rivalry because, as you showed in your in the piece that you wrote, the the pay per view buy rates. Pr- the, bah, I said buy rate. I, I yeah. Ugh. Mookie's gonna kill you. Pay per view buys, uh, as you showed in your research, have slipped since they started to overexpose this match, which shows that your your died in the wool universe type fan is tired of this matchup. I don't. The, the bottom line here. Uh, with all this rambling I'm doing, is at the end of the day, there's nobody who's looking forward to this John Cena-Randy Orton match. I'm sure there's somebody, but they're not uh, They're not making their voice heard. I don't well. know. There's I a mean, lot more. Your, yeah, I mean, your pay-per-view buy trend that you pointed out. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, and we're getting, um, looking at the numbers, too, of people that are going to the article. There's a lot of people that are new. There's a lot of people that I've heard from that that – that, that I'm seeing on Twitter and stuff that are linking it and talking about it, the people that wouldn't, they, they don't interact with us on, a, on an, any normal basis. And they're people that if I look through their profiles, they're, you know, as you said, I, I would describe them as sort of those universe fans. They're not people that are they're tweeting about New Japan. They're very WWE based. They're very, what seems like, I mean, the, the demographics aren't what our demographic is. There's different they're stuff the where fans, I've kind of, you know who they are? They're the fans who go up to Kurt Angle in airports and say, when are you going to come back to wrestling? Exactly. Right. Cause they're not even aware TNA exists. Yeah, and there are those people that are reading the article and going, good work here. Yeah, sick of it or, you know, had enough or whatever. You know, I'm seeing those sort of things from people that we don't – that don't go to the That's site. And the numbers right. show a bunch of new users are going there too. And those people, what I would consider – I mean, if you're – most most hardcore fans I think at some point have, you know – or at least, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna toot our own horn and say every hardcore fan has been there. But I think we get a decent amount of traffic from that, that sort of fan base where now I'm getting on this particular article, getting a ton of new users, a ton of people commenting on it on Twitter that are not people that ever go to the site for any other reason. And you look at their profiles like you said and they're like they're they're those weird like uh like, follow me back yeah I like I, i'm followed by like ex wrestler have you ever seen those it's, people you know, that it's, like, it's like the it, it's it's like one of the one of the people who read commented favorited and 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 commented to us on that article it's like those weird like like an aj lee tribute profile like those right, weird right, things yeah, yeah, right, like, yeah. they're pretending to be a wwe wrestler on twitter like those kind of accounts which typically aren't the kinds of accounts that follow us because they don't care about 90% of the stuff that we talk about on our Twitter account. Um, you know, because we, we try to talk about everything, you know, we're not just a WWE centric sort of deal. And you're right. We've gotten more feedback on that article from those kind of fans who I would call you, you know, the universe fans than anything else that we've ever produced. And I think that speaks to our point here that I, I don't think anyone is looking forward to this match and they're pushing it as the top match. You would oh, it'll be the main event. It's going to be the yeah, main event. Yeah, I mean, you would agree that I mean, if you watch Raw, that's the main event. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it and it also seems to me that they're it lo- seems like Orton's going to win because it seems like they're also nudging us towards. I mean, there's no reason for Orton to RKO, uh, or whatever it is he did. What what do you do to Heyman? He gave me RKO, right? Right, right. There's no reason for Orton to RKO Heyman if they're not going to do Orton Lesnar, right? So I mean, it seems like Orton's going to win. Yeah, they, they also yeah, I guess there, there's some nuggets there for Cena to be back there as well, but yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. They yeah, mentioned, they mentioned Orton Lesnar a million times. Mm-hmm. And, or, and, and that Orton, he, the Orton face turn is is obviously coming as well. And then he RKO'd uh, Heyman. So it just seems to me that that he's going to win the match and face Lesnar down the line. But uh, which is fine as a placeholder, you know, time killer sort of time uh, title defense for Lesnar. Um, but it, it's clearly being positioned as the main event here, and and Rollins and Ambrose has clearly taken a back seat, which is funny because that's actually a match that makes sense to culminate in a hell in a cell. And 
Orton Cena makes no sense to put in a hell. That that's that is totally a we're doing hell in the cell because it's that time of year match. Whereas Rollins and Ambrose is a match that probably does belong in the hell in a cell. And that one's sort of been put on the back burner, at least, at least on Raw last night, it seemed to me. So and, and seemed to most people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. All right, let's run down this card here real quick. I have it in order of how Wikipedia has an order. And uh, we have starting out with the Golden Stardust versus the Usos. This is for the Tag Team Championship. Uh, <laughs> give me your hot thoughts on Gold well, and Stardust do, versus the Usos. Let's do our gimmick where we both say how interested we are in the match. Ten, meaning we are frothing at the bit uh, okay. to watch the match. One, this is an 11. <laughs> one, meaning, one meaning we, we don't want to see the match at all. So yeah, okay. what, what, what's your interest level in this match? Uh, three. Okay, mine is... Because it'll be okay. I mean, but that's it. I, I don't care who wins or... Mine, mine is a zero. I, I, I cannot... You said one out of ten. You can... Right, well, that was the whole setup, Rich. <laughs> Try to keep up here. Okay, all right, I got um, you, I got you. I have zero interest whatsoever in anything that Dustin Rhodes or Cody Rhodes ever do again. I'm sick of them. Um, I'm sick of this tag team. I'm sick of Stardust. Um, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe they need to just feud. I don't even know if I want to see them fight each other. I, I don't know. And the Usos, I, 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 I really don't want to start hating them, but I'm really tired of them facing uh, the Rhodes, the Rhodes geeks, or or the Wyatt family. It, it, it's the only two opponents they've seemingly faced all year. I'm ready for something different. I'm ready for something fresh. I'm ready for the Usos to win this match to send the Rhodes geeks packing. Hopefully, hopefully they just split and do a build towards a mania match that should have happened two years ago or whatever. And uh, maybe at that point, Dustin could just ride off into the sunset and go away. And Cody can just resume his position in the middle of the card somewhere um, in whatever godforsaken next gimmick he's going to take on, uh, whether it's putting bags on people's heads or uh, or or doing this stardust thing or whatever. He never does anything interesting. I, I he's just he's the most bland generic mid carder possible. I I I I, I it's it's amazing to me that he's he's managed to find a way to go from dry, boring, and unwatchable, which he has been for the better part of his career, to now he's just completely annoying with this Stardust character. So mm-hmm. I just I some people like it. I I am not one of I those. See, I, you know what? I could see why some people like it. He's passionate. I'll, I'll give him this. He is owning it. He is very he passionate is about it. He's and that's that's something. That he's no matter what sort of boring weird dumb gimmick he's been given he, he's sort of he's always kind of embraced it and done at least the most that he can do with it but they're just not very good but to a point though you know you know i say that but then at the same time you know he never really gets truly gets over with any of these gimmicks so it, it, i mean it's one thing to be really into these but i mean other than the 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 mask or like you know you remember when he was doing that one with the the mirror and the mask and all that sort of it stuff was a pa- that's it was really a, it was only. a patrick bateman ripoff it was... right i mean that has really been the only one that i could honestly say got over to some level or some degree or whatever but yeah i mean he's a guy that's always seems like he's 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 into the character but it never gets over so at some point yeah i mean it's it's cool to be into it but if it never goes anywhere who cares you know like you've always liked them more than me i i really can't stand the guy and i i i don't see i just don't i i just it's not that i think he's bad that's the thing about the wwe roster you really look at that roster you really can't find many people who are bad I think in terms of depth, it's the deepest roster they've ever had because there's oh, there's no one that's that's awful. There's no one that's truly awful except maybe Kali. Um, but the but it's not as 
super talented at the very top as it's been in the past. I'll say that. But in terms of being the deepest roster they've ever had, absolutely, because no one's really that awful. Look at the bottom guys. I mean, even the bottom guys, like your Heath Slaters, your Justin Gabriels, your Damian Sandows, you know, your bottom of the roster, those guys are all pretty good. They're not bad pro- professional wrestlers. They're all talented guys. Hey, who's the who's the worst wrestler on the that's roster? That's what right I'm now. saying. If you don't, Honestly, if, yeah. if you don't count Kali, who's a gimmick. No, that's yeah, I'm not counting. Okay, he's a, he's a freak show. He's there to be a freak show. If you don't count Kali and you don't count like Hornswoggle for the same reasons, who's the worst wrestler on the roster? It's 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 hard really to pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to tell me, a lot of people will say, all right, it's the Miz. I think a lot of that is just because people he's very hateable. I don't think he's a bad pro wrestler. I don't think he's great. I don't even know if he's good, but I don't think he's bad. Do you think The Miz is bad? I don't think he's bad. No, I think a lot of people hate him more than – I think a lot of people hate the, the, the idea of The Miz and this sort of thing. But I think in ring, he's, he's perfectly okay. Yeah. Who, who – like you said, who's the worst wrestler on – Yeah, so like an Adam Rose type would be – I like a Fandango Adam Rose, but even Fandango's not too bad. Fandango's not that really, bad. No, I, I don't really like Adam Rose all that much. Maybe him. He's but... hamstrung by the gimmick. I, mean, I can tell you what. Right. He had decent matches as Leo Kruger. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's now doing a gimmick, which he's not going to go out there and have 25-minute epics. I mean, he might be the – I mean, it, it's, it's hard because there's just – when you think about it, there's not a lot of bad – there's less bad wrestlers on the roster than ever before. Everybody on the roster is competent. I think that speaks to what developmental has successfully done. The developmental system ensures that nobody is terrible. I don't know, and I'm not sure if it's churning out stars any better. I don't know if I believe that narrative. I think you're either a star or you're not, and I don't think you could teach that. And I don't think it necessarily um, – it, it, I don't think it makes – if you came in great, you know, you're going to be great you're, you know, when you leave there. But I think what it does is it, it gives these guys uh, – uh, some of these guys who come in you know, a solid base to where no one is – no one's no – one's, like who's bad? Like are you th- – think of one. Tell me. Get, shoot someone at me. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of guys and, and some guys are like stylistically guys that I don't really like, like a big show or whatever. But I, I wouldn't call he's him a bad, bad in respect. Yeah. No, no. I, I don't particularly enjoy big show matches, but I don't think he's bad. And, and Kane's the same way. I don't – really like when i see him but i wouldn't consider him a, you know a bad for wrestler um i think kane is god i don't know i mean kane would be the closest i can think of but i mean there's let me tell you something i think kane is slightly below average but if he's the worst guy on the roster that's a hell of a roster i mean a guy like bray wyatt i don't particularly like him either he might be my but he's had good matches this year as well um i can bang this point home crystal clear you know who i think the worst wrestler on the roster is I think it's Mark Henry. And, okay. and, there, and, and listen, and this, this is going to bang <laughs> my point home because I'm not trying to be a wise ass. Yeah, no, I got you. There are people who think Mark Henry is great, and I think he's the worst guy on the roster. That tells you right there the roster's pretty damn good, top to bottom, where you can have that much of a divergent opinion on someone who I think is the worst person on the roster. I think he's the least versatile and the worst person on the roster, aside from the great colleague. He has the least amount of good matches on the roster, in my opinion. Him or Kane. It's either him or Kane. Yeah. And Kane, I mean, come on. I mean, I guess they're, you know, I, I was going to say Kane is old at the end of the but Mark Henry's not exactly a spring chicken. No, no, no. But I mean, I, th- there's no bad wrestlers on this roster. There really isn't. 
But anyway. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, going down the list. I, I'm continuing going up and down the list, and I can't really. <laughs> I mean, and in past years. Eric Rowan? I, like, that's what I mean. Like, it's... And in past years, you could always find terrible wrestlers on the roster. Right. There's that chunk of just miserable guys. Everyone looks know? at the ads. You look at the ads who there. There's like Midian. Terrible pro wrestler. I was going to say Midian was the first one I was going to bring up. Terrible pro wrestler. Just... You know, you God can go all, back to yeah. any of these eras and find terrible wrestlers that were, that were on the roster. There are no terrible wrestlers on the roster anymore. I don't think Mark Henry is a terrible wrestler. I just think he's the, the least talented guy on the roster. And a lot of people would vehemently disagree with him. Yeah, and I think that's cool. That That's the interesting part about it is that, yeah, you, the guy you think is the worst, some people think is the best. But that, that And that proves to that that there isn't, isn't a consensus worse. I, I would like to see if, if people are listening to this right now, you know, message us on Twitter. Who, who's the worst guy, you know, male wrestler on the active WWE roster? That's not Kali or Hornswile or a comedy guy. Yeah. A guy that's meant to be a wrestler, a guy that's actually there for, you know, the purpose of putting on matches. Who, who's the worst? And that's what I mean about Cody Rhodes, and that's how this all kicked off. I think yeah. he's just a perfectly competent wrestler, mm-hmm. but he just bores the shit out of me. There's nothing about the right. guy. And, and the Stardust thing, which was supposed to give him some some uh, uh, personality, just doesn't work for me. So, I don't know. I just – I could do without the guy. But, yeah, so anyway. Who's, who's your pick for this match? We have the, the Golden Stardust are the, the champions versus the Usos, I, 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 well, tag title match. It's, I yeah. want the Usos to win, but I have no feel for what they're doing. No, the they, they will I, I, you, you think the Rhodes will win? I think the Rhodes okay. will win. Keep the cosmic uh, key. Uh, uh, I'll go with the Usos just because I'm rooting for them. So. Just to be contrarian. Okay. All right. So we have the Divas Championship match. AJ Lee, the champion, versus Paige. Joe, 1 out of 10. How uh, one. Are you frothing at the mouth for the guy? I, 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 I don't care. I'm a, I'm at a one don't for this. Care at all. I yeah. couldn't possibly. They, they care don't about work this well together. Anymore. They yeah, two great two. I, I, I won't, I'll I'll stop it. Great, but two really good competitors that just oil and water. They just can't do it. I think I, don't know. I think both of them are excellent wrestlers. They just don't work well together. And the feud is weird and confusing. And it it's gone on for too long. And I'm just I I don't care. I just I I can't muster any energy to give a shit about this yeah, match or what these two do with each other. And the feud makes has, has never made sense either. It's so weird. It's so odd. I, it, it it's went eighteen different directions, and it's just yeah. I I I'm a one as well. I, I AJ Lee, I guess. Will, you know the I, problem with AJ. Here here's the problem with the feud and the problem with AJ. Paige is clearly the heel. I think that's clear now. She's aligned with Alicia Fox last night, and she's the heel. The problem is AJ is a terrible babyface. Right. She looks like a heel, and she has mannerisms of a heel. And you know it's, she's doing this cheap. CM Punk ripoff act with her mannerisms and her eye rolls and the way she carries herself. She's picking up CM Punk traits from living with the guy. Yeah, the problem is <laughs> the pro- he's an unbelievably great heel. And, 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 exactly. And she's no CM Punk. She's a talented person, but she's no CM Punk. And she can't pull off that smarm while being a babyface. That he could. He could do it. He could pull off Not that. Not well, though. I don't think he ever did it really all that He well. was able to pull off the smarm and be a babyface, she can't. She just comes off like an asshole. She comes off like a heel. So that's where I think people were confused early on. She's a terrible babyface. All right, Big Show versus Rusev. Am I going first? You were going first, yes. One out of ten. Well, on one hand, it's Rusev, who I love. And, uh, so that's a ten. So there's just ten. on Rusev. But then it's Big Show, who I never want to see again. <laughs> that's a negative ten. And, so. and it's also Big Show, who up until the tail end of the of the uh, of the of the segment they did last night was being goofy big show which is the worst kind of big show um so that's a one so if i'm gonna do simple math here i'm gonna say a five 
it's kind of just biding time. I'm, I'm more excited about where Rusev goes from here, hopefully against an opponent that I'm more interested in. And um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I'm more interested in it than the, the previous two matches we talked about. But at the same time, I can never really be all that excited about the big show. Mm-hmm. I'm probably at about a three for this one just because Rusev, and I think he, he's, he's been great. But yeah, it's, it's, it's big show, and there, there's not much I can do here. But Rusev continues. And, and you've, you've, I know you, you like saying it. We'll, we'll say it every show for a while. But he and, and people are starting to get on board with this too, especially Monday. This guy's just a really, really good worker. Just, just every time he's out there, he's getting better as well. He's understanding mannerisms. He's understanding how to get the crowd to, to do different things and, and react to what he wants to do. And just, he puts together really good matches. And, and as you said, it, it, and I was watching the one against Big E last night. And, and that was one thing that I remember is that you had always said, especially when he was facing Mark Henry, that this Mark Henry feud is going to do him no good because he doesn't need to be in Mark Henry style matches. And I think that was evident where you watch all those matches and they were kind of just, they were slow. They were prodding. They weren't very good. And then he gets in these sprints and they're great. He's so good at being the fastest big hoss ever. You know what I mean? He has incredible chemistry with Big E. They've had incredible matches. And the pay-per-view matches were, were, were incredible matches. The TV matches have been good. They haven't been as good as the pay-per-view matches they had. Um, but they have great chemistry, and they work so great together. And it's because Big E is, is, is willing to work that pace. The same thing with the swagger matches that were really good. Jack Swagger was able to yep. work his pace. When he's worked with people like Mark Henry and, 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 and Roman Reigns, who can't work that pace, who are slow-prodding guys, he, his matches haven't been as – I knew that that Mark Henry feud was going to fall on its face. I tried to warn people. A lot of people didn't listen to me. Terrible style matchup. Regardless of what I think of Mark Henry, terrible style matchup there. Because you're slowing Rusev down, and Rusev's best stuff is at is like you said, sort of that breakneck. Uh, because it looks so much more impressive when it's a couple of hosses in there, and Big E can work that style. And Big E's a guy who I think is so underutilized. They need to push that guy. Big E is good. Yeah, he's great. He's really is. They, they, they really. There's good character too. He's so. He's such a good promo and a good care and and just conducts himself well and he looks great it's like why did they not push him i don't he's like, got a great look and you know yeah like, it's unbelievable he's a good talker good baby face they haven't really ever done him as that nxt baby face yeah, you know what i mean well you know when he split from ziggler it looked like they were going to give him uh, a bit of a push and he had the intercontinental title and he had a terrible run with the intercontinental yeah, well that that is the kiss of death he had a, as we he had a terrible run just, but he had a bad run with it too um yeah. to be fair it wasn't a good run and he also had some cardio issues in some of those matches if i recall so I don't know if they're just in a holding pattern with him, if they've kind of given up on him. But I love the guy. I think he's got a ton of potential. Um, he's a guy I'd love to see them do something with. His matches with Rusev, are, like I said, those guys just have unreal chemistry together. And those are the kind of matches where Rusev really shines. And he is just – he's improving by the second. He's yeah. big. He's, he's, he's athletic. He can move. He's not a big lug which I can't stand because there's so there's so little upward potential with a big lug, you know, in this is in 1978. How much can you do with a big lug in this day and age? OK, people want to see athletes in there. They want action, Rich. People want action. OK, and Rusev can give you action. And so can a guy like Big E. And, and, I, and I think that's why they work well together. So I'm kind of excited to see where Rusev goes after this big show thing is over with. And uh, hopefully it does end here. Hopefully he beats Big Show 
and finishes them off and they don't drag it out for another pay-per-view. But I really don't know who else they have left for them. So, I, you know, who knows? They might, they might drag it out. All right. So we have for the United States Championship, Sheamus the Champion versus The Miz. I will start here. Uh, put me on a one for this one. Maybe a two because I could see Damian Miz out, but that's it. Yeah, I give it a. Th- and that's getting hit over the head so much that it's not even like. I I give it a three. I, I don't know about the, the 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 matchup of styles here between these two guys. Um, I, I'd rather see Sheamus in there with another Bruiser. Uh, but you know I you know maybe they I, I don't know I, I I really don't have a ton to say here. <laughs> I I'm trying to come up with something to say, and I really don't have a ton to say. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that. All right. This one, I know you're going to be, you, you are, you cannot wait for this one. This card, oh, this this is, card stinks. It's awful. I'm reading through this. And I'm like, ah, oh, what did, when does it get? Okay. This we're at, we're at the third to last match, Joe. And uh, it's uh, Brie Bella versus Nikki Bella. The loser must become the winner's personal assistant for 30 days. And if not, they will be forced to quit the WWE forever. I don't, I don't, <laughs> we're already kind of, being that show this this week and I don't want to keep doing that and it's just I, I I'm not gonna I just I I don't care Rich I just I don't it sucks it sucks who would possibly care I about don't this care anymore? how can anyone care about this nobody can no 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 we're, we're not that nobody I find me somebody I don't who is honestly I, wow I hope Brie wins and Nikki has to become her assistant like no like I mean no who who care who could possibly care anymore I mean I, about these two it's been a horrible few. People are just doing the yes thing because they want to see Daniel Bryan come back. And uh, I mean, think about if, if who was it? Brie, which one's married to Daniel Bryan? Bring your name. <laughs> Brie. If Brie wasn't married to him, would this have any appeal to any? I mean, if you take away the yes chant from the ends of, from the end of her, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, can we just move on? I just don't, yeah, I just don't yeah, care. Yeah. I just, well, here, here's one that I know you're going to care about. John Cena versus Randy Orton, Hell in a Cell to determine the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. Because when you lose this big contract on a pole match, and you, and you, you have no idea where your life's going to go because you really want to get revenge against Seth Rollins, it doesn't matter because you're in a match for the number one contendership. Yes, you're rewarded. For so losing. You're rewarded for losing. I should also mention something we forgot at the beginning when we talked about the 2009 match. That uh, that was supposedly Randy Orton's last chance to win the. Title. Yes, I, I I put that out. This is this is this is the Viper's last chance to win the WWE title. So uh, it's unfortunate he never got another title shot, but it's all right. And it, did you did you other did you hear the other quote where uh or where Cole was just going on about a bunch of stuff and he said he's a snake bit Viper. He was like, oh god, I did not hear that. I had to laugh at that one. It, it was, was also like, his uh, sixth title win by that point. Right. Sixth. Six title wins by 2009. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Well, Edge is like a 19-time WWE champion. Have you, ever, have you ever looked at some of the numbers that these guys – they don't even mention it anymore because pick, it's so ridiculous. Let's keep picking on this awful company. That was his sixth title win. And when, when Cole said that after the match, the only other one I could think of was the Benoit win. The other four, I don't – I have no <laughs> Oh, in between that. Okay, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. fucking clue. Let me think. Okay, I'm not looking at championship victory. Answer out. Okay, let's. Benoit for the first one. Yeah, right. Cena for the number six, which I never would. <laughs> which, by the way, I never would have remembered if I didn't right. see it two seconds earlier because I watched the match. What were the four in between? I have no idea. He beat. Um. Did he beat Mysterio? I I don't know. Let's okay. Let let's once. Rich, I don't know. This. I'm sure Cena was a couple of those. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's figure this bad boy out. All right. And I'll tell you what. How many has he won since? How many does he have now? I couldn't tell you. Uh, 12? Well, no. Okay, okay. Uh, what, what, which of the titles are these? Well, Cole, well, he won the WWE title. Okay, so the, he has held that eight times. Okay, well. Then he held the world heavyweight. Let's make sure Cole was right. Was the Cena 2009 Hell in the Cell the sixth win? Let's see. Yeah, he was. He was not very good at that. Okay, let's let's find out here. Because he could be combining <laughs> the other two titles. I don't know what's going on. This is so bad. Because did, wasn't Benoit the world champion? Um, Guerrero was the WWE champion, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, this let's let's see. Company man. Yeah. No. Oh. Okay. No. <laughs> no. It was the uh, it was the world is the one he beat Benoit for because his first WWE. Championship win was. Do you remember this? I was here live. This is how little I forgot about this, Joe. I was here live for. You were there live. Two of them. I was there for two of them, Joe. Remember? Because they happened in the exact same night. It was No Mercy 2007. He came out and was was awarded the title by Vince McMahon because John Cena had torn his pectoral. So he was awarded the title by Mr. McMahon. Triple H comes out and says, "You're a pussy. I hate you." Blah blah blah. I am challenging you to a match. Triple H won, and then a few um, – oh, and then that same night, Randy Orton won a big back again. That could have been somebody. So he won two. That could have been someone's EFED, and I'd believe you. I, I have no recollection of that. <laughs> yes. I promise you because I was there, and I forget. Okay, and then another one was against so – Answer um, me this, though. Was the, was the Cena Hell in the Cell win? That was – let's see. That was 2009, right? Was that uh, Yes. Six? Yep, yep. Okay, here, here's here's Orton. So that was that was one and two there. So uh, so I, so Benoit what, doesn't even count because that was world. No, title. that doesn't even count. That's so not I even don't one. even know That's any of them. <laughs> right. Okay. Here's I don't know any of these either. Okay. Number three is a six. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. At Backlash 2009, here's the Wikipedia description. This was a six-man tag team match with Orton, Ted DiBiase, and Cody Rhodes against Triple H, Shane McMahon, and Batista, in which Orton would win the championship if his team won. That was like, that is number that three there, three. sir. All right, so number yep. one is he, a six-man title. Yeah. So number one, he was handed the title. <laughs> right. Number two, he beat Triple H. WWE legend Randy Orton, by the way. Don't you? Who yeah, did he beat for know. number two? Triple H. Triple H, who had just won the title, right. um, and it's early. So the same night. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Number three was a deal where his team won a match, so he his won team, the title. Yeah. I don't know who pinned who, but yeah, his team won, so he won. This company, man. What was number four? Number four was a fatal four-way match, also oh, involving Triple H, Cena, and Big Show at Raw uh, on June fifteenth. Classic 2009. world title match. Who can forget? <laughs> Who can forget these classic world title? It's a fatal four-way between Triple H, Cena, and Big yeah, Show. Yeah, I mean, geez, I you know. Two thousand nine, June two thousand nine, June fifteenth. I'll tell, tell you who can't forget. It's probably in a, a best wrestler. Top 100 wrestler ever thread on PWO somewhere. It's some <laughs> kind of great match. All right, what's number, uh, number five was the Hell in the Cell, as mentioned. Uh, number six. Oh, I was at this no, one. No, number too. six was Hell in a Cell. Number six. No, number five was. No, it was number five. Cole was. This is rich. You got to try to keep up here. I asked you if the Hell in a Cell was number six because I wanted. To it, I'm looking at the list right here. It was number five. Well, yeah, but you told me it was because I want to know if Cole was right or not. So Cole was wrong. always wrong. Just assume Cole's wrong because I was at number six, Joe. I was at one, three, or I was at one, two, and number six. So Cole wasn't even right at Hell in a Cell. No. Number six, Joe. You'll get a good laugh at this. this is number six is when I was here live again. Another awful match. This was a six-pack challenge elimination match involving Edge, Cena, Jericho, and Wade Barrett. I do remember that because I was there. I don't 
couldn't have gone to my head. I wouldn't be able to tell you that. So that's you were at two of the first six. No, I was at three technically. You were at six. three of them. Because two of them happened the same. You way, saw but... half of the first six <laughs> I don't remember in that. person, and you didn't remember any of them. I forgot that this. All I remember is Cena losing in this one, and then the kid next to me told his dad, "I want to go." And the dad was like, uh, "It," because <laughs> like Cena had lost, and there was still like three guys left in the match or something, and the kid was just done. Okay, done. so he has <laughs> he has so he has eight total to date. What are the last two? Uh, okay, the last two. Um... Oh, the the cash in money in the bank. Oh right, right. Uh, this the last. He still doesn't seven. have a legitimate one on one. Right, no. Victory for this title yet. All right, what's the last one? And then we have uh, Hell in a Cell last year where he defeated Daniel Bryan. With Shawn Michaels as the guest referee, who super kicked Daniel Bryan and then Orton pinned. Right, so two Hell in a Cell matches. The closest thing to a legitimate was like <laughs> the Hell in a Cell with Cena where he missed his head by seven inches. Right. And uh, and the and the, the stupid contrived one where he won it back from Triple H uh, two hours after he... Yes. Had it lost it to him or something. It's, and then it's you, a and wonder, then why, this wonder why this guy isn't over as the superstar <laughs> they portray him to be when you look at this tremendous lineage of fantastic uh, and highly memorable world title. Would you like me to go through his world heavyweight championship? How many of them does he Quickly. have? Okay, uh, he has four of these ones. I okay, so he has me... 10 total. Yes, uh, 12 total. Oh, yeah, right, right. Eight plus uh, – yeah, right. So you had right. eight, not six. Okay. Go through those four real quick. What? All right. We had the one against SummerSlam, obviously, against and Chris Benoit. So that was his – Legitimate and – One legitimate, legitimate one, Legitimate yes. and memorable. And, and, and wouldn't you know it, the reason we remember that one is because it was just a, a one-on-one singles match at a major pay-per-view, well-built – and 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 just a, a regular classic world title matchup and and shock rich shock and awe that's the one we remember isn't yep. it amazing how that works May 2001 he defeated Christian on an episode of SmackDown don't remember that no good 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 feud but yeah I don't remember this one individually that wasn't um, that wasn't during that feud you said 2000 what year was that uh, 2011 uh, 2011 oh yeah 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 I do remember that then. Yeah, Christian had it, and then Orton had it, and then Christian had it, and then Orton had it again. Because I was there at Money in the Bank when, when Christian won the title back, the, the DQ thing where he spit in his face, and and Orton gave him the uh, the low blow. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember the feud. I may not remember that specific. I don't remember that specific uh, SmackDown one. Uh, the third one was at SummerSlam 2011. This was a no holds barred match against Christian. So, I, I, I here's the thing about the two Christian ones. I know that I like those matches, but I don't remember them off the top of my yeah. head. So. And then the most recent one, he won at TLC. TLC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. To unify, yeah. yeah. All right. And the only reason I remember that one is because it was, uh, what, 10 months ago or something? Yeah, in no, December uh, 2012, or 2013, right? Because if you so. ask me in another 10 months. Yeah, I'm going to ask you in a year, and you're going to have no recollection of that. So. All right, so. Okay, well, that's the great lineage. <laughs> so here's the, here's the synopsis here. Yeah. He's won 12, quote unquote, world titles in that company. And we have vivid memories of two of them. Yeah. Two and of the victories. For three of them, and I don't have any memories. It's the, and it's the first one and the last one are the only right. two that we remember. And we only remember the last one because it was recent. And one of the other ones because we just watched it. That. Because of the show, yeah. Is WWE in a nutshell. Right there. But I will say that they are doing a better job with this with the title now. In, in very recent vintage. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to remember – you know, some of these Lesnar matches for the first, but that's a whole nother topic that we'll talk about another day. I have strong feelings on that. 
But All right, John Cena, Randy Orton, Hell in a Cell match, number one contender. What are your uh, one out of ten? We already broke down the match uh, very thoroughly. Uh, one, I mean, I don't know, a three, I guess. I, yeah, I'll get, I'll get a four. I'll be nice and give it a four. I mean, I, you know, whatever. What's next? Dean Ambrose, what's next? That's it, <laughs> sir. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. This will not be the main event, though. I guarantee you, Cena Orton will be the main event. But anyway, uh, uh, me first or you first? Uh, I'll go first. I'm gonna go with a seven. Because I think it'll still be pretty good, and I, I, I'm into Dean Ambrose still, and he hasn't kind of hurt me yet or anything like that. Still into it, but a little less into it than I would have been maybe, you know, maybe a few weeks ago. It, it, it's become a little less of, a, of an important feud, and they've obviously fought a bunch before. Ambrose will make the most of it, and, and it's going to be a good match. I know more than anything, it's going to be really awesome and really fun to watch, and, and Ambrose will be fun. So I'll give it a seven, but I'm not I'm, I'm frothing at the mouth to see it. I'm, yeah, seven is what I was thinking, too. Um, I think the one thing about Dean Ambrose is he is – he – okay, they're already hitting us with the subtlety hammer when it comes to Dean oh, Ambrose. Yeah. Uh, because he's crazy, Rich. Did right, you, he's unstable. Did you know he was crazy? Triple H had to say, when, did, did you notice that when they were doing the Hell in a Cell promo? He mentioned, uh, you know, Seth Rollins will be facing the unstable Dean man, Ambrose. This man, Who talks like This that? man is unstable. Who talks like that? Listen, it's because he's crazy. Who says, you know what I mean? Like, if you were honestly, you, you know what I mean? I don't know if you've noticed, but he's crazy. Nobody would ever talk like this that. This man's insane. Nobody would, you're, you're, you're a guy who, who, he's been feuding with you. You wouldn't call him, you know what I'm saying? It, it's He's unstable. You wouldn't say that. Lunatic That's not Rich. what real people talk like. He's nuts. People don't say things like but that. He's insane. And they have he's to so re- they have here. to remind you every every time he's on the screen that he's crazy. It's not enough just to have a gimmick and behave a certain way. They got to hammer it home. You know that it's the subtlety hammer. There's no such thing as subtlety in that company. We know this. But here's the thing about Dean Ambrose. He's so good. He, I think he's going to be able to overcome it i don't think they can kill him with the subtlety hammer and i don't think they can kill him with the lame material how many people could have pulled off the goofy thing where he was in the his dressing room eating the popcorn and watching see no evil 2 he pulled it off man he's good enough to overcome it He's squirting ketchup at people, and it's still – he's 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 it's endearing he's, still when he does he's it. He's yeah. good enough to overcome it. The dude is so good that even their lame writing, their terrible dialogue, and their subtlety hammer is not enough to hurt this guy. The only thing that's going to hurt this guy is if when Roman Reigns comes back, if they're still dead set on, 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 going, on moving forward with Reigns instead of him, which I believe will be a mistake. I put my neck out on Roman Reigns months and months ago. I um no, go ahead, finish your thought. And I have an interesting. Way before anyone else did, I put my neck out on Roman Reigns. I just don't think the guy has it. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody this past weekend about about this, about Roman Reigns and, and, and Ambrose, and I'm thinking when Reigns comes back, and they're they're going to do obviously we know what they're going to do. They're going to push him to the moon, and he's going to be the, the focus star, or whatever. Is that going to be any different? than Batista coming back last year and Daniel Bryan. You make a very good point. Is It's going to be they the same thing because now we have Dean Ambrose, a star who's being organically built and people are into him and they're liking everything he does and they're, they're, he has a connection to the crowd and then you're having this other guy come in. Let's ignore any... Let, let's take them completely out of context of who they are and all this sort of stuff and you have a guy that's just going to come in, stroll in and take a spot. Hadn't thought of that. And Ambrose is going to be put into something else behind the scenes or something behind, and then Roman Reigns is going to be at the top. 
I, you're going to get the Royal Rumble. You're going to have the same freaking thing because Roman Reigns is going to win the Royal Rumble, right? You know, I had. How is it going to be had, any different than last year? I hadn't year? thought of that. It's an excellent point. I had not thought of that. That could very well be the case. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't see it. I just don't. I mean, they're, they're going to. I mean, people are going to have that natural resentment towards him. The only way you can combat that is maybe you have Roman Reigns against John Cena at WrestleMania. That's the only way I think you can combat that. And that might just be a match where they just all just shit on it anyway. I think a Roman be the whole crowd just says go fuck yourself. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's, I, I, that's a, that'd be a dangerous match. To, that that mm-hmm. could be, that can go either way, man. That'd be dangerous to attempt. Where where are you on the Shield breakup with with in hindsight now? Um, I thought it could have been built. <sighs> I don't hate. It. I I think I'm kind of okay with it. At this point, I think it's 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 worked in a way because you know hey it didn't work in the way that they probably wanted it to, which was Roman Reigns being this super mega super mega star. But I think Ambrose has been better for it, and I think Rollins has been better for it. So to me, I, I'm okay with it. I thought it could have been built better, and I thought it could have been a bigger moment when it eventually happened. I complained at the time, but in a way, you know, sort of in hindsight, Ambrose has benefited and Rollins has benefited. So I'm okay with it. I thought it it, it definitely had the feel of something that they wrote an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it worked in terms of shock value. I don't think, obviously, they, they didn't have a cohesive story in place, and they never really – they still haven't explained why why it all happened. There was no clear motivations, and there was no story behind it. Uh, it did shock people, so it worked from that perspective. But I think in hindsight, um, I think it was the right move. I, I, I think – like you said, I think Ambrose and Rollins are much better off for it at this point. Um, and, and it's tough to tell what reigns because he got hurt. Uh, you know, they were going to give him every opportunity. I, I don't know if he's going to get over the level that they hope he would. I don't think it matters. I think they're pushing him whether he gets over at that level or not. Sure. Right. Um, we've talked about that a million times. It's, it's either you're on board or you're not. They're pushing him whether you like it or not. Um, but in hindsight now, you know, it seemed rushed at the time and it seemed like, it was done for no good reason, but in hindsight, I, 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 I really think that it's, it's worked. I mean, what, you know, they were, they were having great matches on TV every week and, and, and I like, I enjoyed watching those matches from that perspective, but, um, you, you, here, here's the thing though. And I kind of agree, uh, with Bill Thompson with this, me and him are on the same page on this one with, uh, Bill Thompson's one of our Twitter followers. Yeah. He's on the forums as well. And, and, um, Bill Thompson is his name, so you can find him pretty easily. <laughs> it's 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 kind of like you you could have broke them up, but still had them be aligned. In other words, th- when they cross paths, they're still pals. Mm-hmm. But they're all off doing their own thing. The only problem with that is the impetus for the breakup was turning Rollins heel. So you could have waited and broke them up later and had them all go their own way, and but 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 not have it be an angry sort of breakup with a feud. But that's just not the WWE's MO. They don't do that. That's not how they do things. Right, yeah. You've got to get thrown through the... It'd be too much of a higher level story for them. Yeah, yeah, WWE just does not do that. You've got to get thrown through the proverbial barbershop window. That's just the way they do things. It's, it's, It's the subtlety. There's nothing subtle. It's the subtlety hammer. And that would have been far too subtle... Uh, for them to, to to do, but you know, in hindsight, I think the breakup has worked. I mean, I know that's not a popular thing to say, but I mean, shit, I've said a ton of things that aren't popular to say on on this podcast so far tonight. So, um, you know, 
it's it's I mean, I think Ambrose has been better for it. I think Rollins has been better for it. And also, you know what? In hindsight, they turned the right one heel. Yeah. There was a lot of question that night. Yeah, no, it's it, it works way better than it probably should. People thought it I mean, should that, have been that was Ambrose. the big thing. Yeah. But in hindsight, thank God it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> thank God. I mean, because they, they they built a star without Rollins does not. I mean, he's a heel. That voice, <laughs> first of all, oh yeah, does not work for a babyface. Um, and it, he's kind of like you, you want to see him get the, the, you want to smack the shit out of him. He's a smarmy fuck. And Ambrose would have gotten cheers as a heel. You know what I mean? I think Ambrose would have gotten cheers. Mm-hmm. Rollins isn't getting cheers. Rollins is over as a heel. Ambrose has, has such overwhelming charisma that he would have gotten He cheers. wouldn't work as a modern heel. He would not. No. He'd be, within weeks, people would be cheering. Yeah, to turn him face eventually. He, right. he, so why not just have him be the face right, out of, right, right from the gun? Now, here's an interesting thought. We know they were just – this wasn't – we know what the plan was, but in, again, we're looking at this in hindsight. Would Roman Reigns have worked out better as a heel? Well, th- that's actually an interesting point you are going to bring up, and I was actually going to sort of mention that to you is that people have been sort of talking about that is, hey, do you do something similar to what they did in the, with The Rock in, in 1998? Not the Survivor Series Rock turn, or I guess you could sort of say that. Yeah, no – yeah, I would say that turn more so than the early, the first rock turn or whatever, where he's getting over. His, you remember? I, I don't know if you were watching that. No, too yeah, much yeah, yeah. I know. Point. You're not talking about the, like mid ninety eight. Mid ninety eight. Nation he, turn. You're talking about the the Survivor Series swerve. No, where? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, no, no. Those are those are kind of one and the same. So would you? Ha- or no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, not joining the nation, but kind of when he left the nation. So he had left the nation. He had had maybe about a month or two of being anti Vince McMahon and, and and really getting over his baby face, like huge over his baby face. And then they turned him heel and he became a part of, you know, the, the corporation and, and led into WrestleMania and, and led into that where eventually it was too, you, you couldn't do it anymore. He had to become a baby face because the crowd had gotten so into him at that point. And they were into him even as a heel, but they sort of hated him so much for turning their back, you know, turning his back on them because they were so ready to start cheering him. It was very risky at the time. Absolutely very risky. I mean, granted you had stone cold, so it was okay to kind of lessen that blow, but you know, would something like that work for Reigns? I, I was going to ask you that, and I wonder, you know, you, you sort of asked me that. I I tend to think, yeah, it kind of would. Let's go back to that night, and Roman Reigns clocks Seth Rollins with the chair. Okay? Reigns joins Triple H and, uh, and Orton and those guys. He's, Which the story of that makes more sense. Right. And, and it always did. I mentioned that at the beginning, too, that the story of – them choosing one of the guys. If the authority was going to choose any of their guys to be their hand-picked, you know, guy that they would want out of the shield, or the guy that they would try to go to, it would be Reigns. Right. I mean, that that works with the narrative and works with the story. Is he's the big? I mean, that that's one. That's again where you talk about sort of the blend of of real life and 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 story. That's one that people can suspend their disbelief. That yeah, they would say this is our guy. This is the one we want to be champion. Because it also has that reality feel of the hardcore mm-hmm. fan knows he's the chosen one too. Exactly. Right. So he, he, so you put Reigns in the Rollins role, okay? You have Ambrose in the Reigns role of the guy of the baby face off doing his own thing, and you have Rollins in the Ambrose role of feuding with Reigns and taking all you know those great bumps for him and putting him over like a million bucks. Now under that scenario, Roman Reigns gets to cut his teeth for a year as a heel. And gain more because he needs the experience. He needs that in-ring experience. He needs that experience uh, on the microphone. Clearly, he's the, he's the least refined of the three. 
He he would, you know, have Triple H helping him with, you know, cutting promos for him. He'd have Seth Rollins taking bumps for him. And then you turn him face a year later and set him up for the next WrestleMania mm-hmm. with the, the, the big face run. Yeah, you wait till the crowd starts getting with him and, and, and right. let it. Because they will. Like, like how faces right. are supposed to be exactly. built. I mean, that's. And then. Wait till the crowd starts reacting to him and starts really getting behind him as opposed to saying, this is the guy you get behind now. Okay, go. From that sense, you know? I think the one thing they rushed was the Roman Reigns push, which is why a lot of people are saying the injury is a blessing in disguise because it mm-hmm. now will pump the brakes a little bit. And hopefully when he comes back, they don't rush him right back into it. But they but will. He, <laughs> he could have. Does anybody have faith that they're going to let them go? Slow? Absolutely not. But he could have right. spent the whole year as a heel with Seth Rollins, Agreed. putting him over, taking big bumps. The only problem with that plan is Seth Rollins at that point is then dead. Because then he becomes the Justin Gabriel that a lot of people thought he was. Yeah, he's just going to flip into Reigns' arm, and Reigns is going to just splash him he, and do all and that. And then he's just, he's, a, he's just a baby face high flyer at that point. Mm-hmm. So the scenario that they did worked out better for all three. But I think long term, it would have worked out better for Roman Reigns if he would have been the one to turn heel. And I would have kept Ambrose baby face under all scenarios because no one's booing that guy. They, they, they're just not going to boo that guy. They're just not going to. And to me, eventually, he's going to be the biggest star anyway. I, I truly and honestly believe that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just I was kind of thinking about the the shield breaking up in hindsight, and I don't know. I really don't have a major problem with it. You know, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a major problem with it if they kept them together either. But I just the breakup in hindsight, I I I, I you know, other than the fact that there was really no clear motivation for it, I think all three guys are better off for it now. Yeah, I agree. I, I yeah, I, I think so. I think that's the best way to kind of put it. I mean, it, what do you? I mean, why put it off further? I mean, no, it would have been. I mean, people are people are using hindsight as well. It had kind of run its course. I mean, you go back to the you, you, it, the writing was kind of on the wall. There was not much more to do with them, to be honest. And, and here's the just thing, sort of, Rich. Everyone complains that this company doesn't try to make stars. Well, how much longer are you going to keep three potential stars locked up in this? Exactly. That that was a moment where they they all had to explode and and sort of. I mean, fuck, man. I make mean, their own. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, right. you have three guys who potentially could be stars, and you complain this company never makes stars. Why are you going to keep handcuffing them? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm fine with it. So I, I you know in hindsight I don't really have as much of a problem with it anymore. I really don't. All right. Uh, did we, we both gave our – oh, we gave seven and seven. So that's all in the cell. That's, so, that wow. card sucks. And that is a mis- – I thought it was better than that, man. I, Raw uh, has been absolutely miserable for the last – No, I'm not even – I'm not even going to talk about Raw because I've am not. i been watching it. Yeah, I, I've been watching you, you clips and reading You comment because you don't watch. I've been I've, I've been trying to watch. I, I Honestly, I do. You do bits and, and then pieces. I just think of 10,000 other things that I could be doing that are better with my life. You've been doing bits and pieces. But for the last two months, it's been a bad show. Nothing compelling going on. And – this pay-per-view stinks, and really, the only thing compelling about this company right now is Brock Lesnar. When you really think about, it, I'm talking about, you know, at, at 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 the, you know, I could sit here and tell you about these superstars matches. I love it, but nobody cares. As far as you know, the top of the card, it's Brock Lesnar or bust at this point. Um, you know, it's it's, I don't know, man. They're in a weird spot, and they get into this spot every year around this time. So we'll see what happens as they gear up, you know, moving towards the Royal Rumble. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really be enthused about this Sunday. I, I know that I'm not, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I mean, for, for nine 99, I'll watch it. 
You know, if this was a year ago, there's no chance in hell. I'll, oh, hell I'm not even yeah. watching this. I wouldn't even find a stream yeah, for this I one. I would just go, go do something do. else. There's probably going to be a World Series game on that day that I'm going to be. I would probably try to find a stream for Rollins and Ambrose. I'd yeah. keep an eye on Twitter. So, so jump in, jump in at, you know, nine o'clock and, and see what's going right. on. Right. Yeah. See when that match hit in the ring, try to check it out. And and that's about it. But there's no way I'd, I'd, I'd pay, I'd buy this as a pay-per-view or sit there, you know, with my eyes glued to a stream for this card. There's no fucking way. You know, network, I'm going to watch all of them, though. Yeah. Well, our, 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 uh, our writers aren't very excited either because it was like, oh, I guess I'll do the preview. I guess I'll do yeah, the preview. Let me review. tell you something. It <laughs> is really, it's like, first of all, it is a death zone. They're killing our It is like pulling staff. fucking teeth to get anybody to even review the show. We have more people asking to review Noah Globally we, than we that's, do. <laughs> that's, that's legitimate. We're not kidding about that. Hey, who's covering Global League and, as opposed to, hey, who wants to do Hell in a Cell? And that's eh. Noah. <laughs> Noah's not exactly on fire. And we have people fighting over the Noah reviews, and we can't get anyone to do, like, the team coverage deal <laughs> for the uh, Hell in the Cell show. I mean, we're not making this up. We're not just trying to— I mean, we got people, but they're—it's it's, it's not, yeah, I will do the review. It's—I uh, I guess the review, you know. It's, it's all right. <sighs> you don't have I guess I'll do the preview. <laughs> if you don't have anybody else, I mean, that, that's the reactions we're getting. No one wants to do it. You know, people were, you were jumping at the chance to do SummerSlam— Somebody else. No one wants to do this show. This company is not good right now. It just isn't. Well, we we said that last year. Remember, we said enjoy this. We did. We tried to tell people, and it got bad this this year. Last last year was a great year because yeah, at least you had Daniel Bryan still doing you know great matches, the Shield, you know Punk and all that sort of. And we we even then were complaining about this chunk, but we even still said, hey, you're still getting good matches, so it's okay. You were getting the Shields. You were getting uh, were the Wyatts around by this point. Twenty minutes. I, yeah, they were. You had to, and, and here's the other thing: WWE had a lot of juice because the Daniel Bryan thing had a lot of juice, and there was a lot of debate with Daniel Bryan. The company had some juice. There's no juice in this company right now. It's it's it, there's no juice. The matches aren't any good. It's just a dry company right now. Yeah. But I have hope. I have hopes for this Rollins and Ambrose thing. Hopefully, you know, it's not a 2009 Hell in a Cell style match. Look, I don't want to watch them maim each other, but I'd like to see something creative done. I'd like to see some 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 uh, some Hell in a Cell uh, level intensity at least. And hopefully we'll get that out of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't need attacks or somebody being thrown off of it, but you, you, you need something. Yeah. You can't have just a match that's surrounded by a cage. And the good that, thing about the low expectations for the card as a whole is it very well could surprise us. It might end up being a decent yeah. card. I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping it is. I'd like to enjoy myself on Sunday. Because you know what? If I'm putting off my Boardwalk Empire season uh, series finale to watch this stupid pay-per-view, it might as well be good. Let me see. Is there a World Series game? If there is, I have to seriously consider. Uh, let's see. Is there a World uh, Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, game three? Game th uh, no, game um, four, four. They're actually kind of four. aggressive here. Yeah, they're getting... They're... No, game five. That's actually. game five. So there may not be a World Series game. There might not. So hopefully someone sweeps. And <laughs> then I won't be like, oh, God. I'll just flip. I don't care. All right. You want to get to these questions here? Two questions. All right. We have a bunch of them. Good ones, too, that I think we're going to have a long discussions about a few of them. Um, this first one comes to us from Stephen Graham at Stephen Graham TWS. He says, if you could watch only one wrestling, what would it be? And what he means by this is 
you can watch one sort of era, one company. We'll say, you know, a span of maybe, we'll say five to ten years. So you get a span of five to ten years, one company. He says, current New Japan Pro Wrestling, 80s Crockett, what would it be? So you get one era of wrestling that you can watch forever. What would it be? Okay, here's how I'm going to... So there's a lot of weird things to... There's a, this question's very... I get the gist some wrinkles to I it, get but the go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tackle it this way. My favorite eras of all time are the following. The All Japan glory period, late 80s, early 90s. Um, the current New Japan from 2011, 2012 onward to today. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor from about 05 to 08, I guess. Yeah, I, I would maybe even stretch it 09, but that it, before it was they got to HDNet, before yeah. Pierce took over, 05 to Gabe being let go. Let's say that. Yeah, that's fine. That's perfect. Um, ECW from 95 to about 90. ECW from 95 until they got to TNN. 99. TNN it was uh, not as good as it was. They lost everybody. I mean, they they were it wasn't, on. The, that was Danny Doring. Well, was in the, your, the thrill, you know, the, the the thrill was gone. There was yeah. still some decent stuff. They got to the, they got where they wanted to be, and then it was the the fight was you over. Had the Tajiri super crazy stuff. You had Rob Van Dam on top. There was still some good stuff going on, but it wasn't. I from about ninety five to ninety seven is what I'm gonna say. Um, what what I say? I said all Japan. Ring of Honor. All Japan. Ring of Honor. Current New Japan. Current New Japan. ECW ninety five to ninety seven. Uh, Noah, in the beginning of the aught decade till about 06 or so, mm-hmm. 07 or so, 06, 07. Those five, those are probably, oh, and Jim Crockett promotion, the TBS wrestling from about 85 till 89, 85 to 89 for Jim Crockett. Because before 85 was too dry for my liking. Right. You watch the, go watch the 83 and 84 Starcade. Yeah, 83 Starcade is a garbage. Those are, those yeah. are garbage shows. You got one or two decent matches on those shows, and the rest is fucking trash. Just lots of blood. Though. 85. You get your blood. Yeah, you but I'm not, blood. A, I'm not a blood guy, though. Well, no, and I meant it's just like blood just because let's listen, all have blood. If I yeah. never saw blood ever again in a wrestling match, I don't. I would not miss it. I'm not a blood guy. Um, So from 85 to 89, Jim Crockett. I got to throw that in there. So those are my six favorite eras. Now, if, if I had to pick from one of those, I can only watch one for the rest of my life. Yep. Now here, now here's what you know. Am I watching the same tapes over and over, or are they continuing on into perpetuity with? Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> There's a lot of elements to this. Let's say that you you wrestling has ceased to exist. It is illegal, and and I you're to allowed pick, to only okay, have you know. I, I think I get it. I have to pick one of those six styles that will continue on forever. But only I can. I, those are the only. That's the only one that's going to exist. That's style. Um, that feels. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I read it as. I read it as you can only watch those same tapes over and over again or something. Hmm. Well, that changes the way I those read it. Those are two maybe, questions. There's two different. There's two different questions. Maybe answer – well, let's answer both then. Let's do both. Let's say, okay, wrestling is considered illegal and everything's burnt and, and you know can no, nobody can ever run ever again, so you're only left with what you have. I'm watching tapes? Yep, forever. <sighs> okay, well watching then – the same tapes, the same it's three It's the tapes years. and it's what has the most rewatch ability. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: I don't really like rewatching wrestling that much. Um, I don't like rewatching new wrestling. I don't like rewatching matches I saw last week. I like rewatching wrestling I saw 20 years ago, 
I like rewatching wrestling I saw ten years ago, but if I watch a match like last week or two months ago, I you never I it hate again. watching it again like two months later. I hate that. Which is why when I do match of the year list at the end of the year, I rarely rewatch anything. I go off memory, I go off my notes because I don't ugh, just I feel like oh I just watch this. I'm wasting twenty minutes of my life watching this when I could be watching something else. But uh I don't know. If I gotta watch the tapes over and over again, maybe the Jim Crockett stuff. Because there's a lot of variety there. Um, it's wrestling the way I like it. You know, I like the... I, it, it, You know, it's all wrestling the way I like it, though. I don't know. That's a tough one. If it's, yeah. if it's one style forever, you want to pick something that's diverse. You don't want to pick something where it's the same style of match over. Exactly. You don't want... Yeah. So you want to pick something that's diverse. I think I would either pick uh, Jim Crockett, mid to late 90s, or I'm going to... This is going to be a surprising one. But I'm gonna go with the Noah, Noah when they were when they were really mm-hmm. clicking, because they had great. Ju- Man, did I love those juniors! When you had Kenta, Marafuji, uh, Kotero Suzuki, Kanemaru, uh, Taiji Ishimori, those juniors were on fire. You had uh, uh, Aoki uh, uh, coming up through the ranks during that time, and 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 you know the heavyweights were holding their own during that period too. Uh, so you had good variety on those Noah cards, and man, I really love that that era of Noah. So that that may seem like an offbeat selection, but mm-hmm. I got the you. Ring of Honor style eventually you might burn out on that. And they, there's no variety that's, there. It's all the all those. Yeah, and that, you know, and that was my initial pick was the Ring of Honor because that that's the era of wrestling that I, I you know most associate with. It was my favorite era. You know, I loved every part of it. You know, the, this sort of stuff. But yeah, it, when, when you kind of go back, and I, I I love going back and watching those, but you. You sort of need a break from them a little bit. Where where I'll go through a day where maybe I watch a bunch of old, you know, I, I was I was just uh, just yesterday or, or or and over the weekend as well. I was watching a bunch of like 2005 to 2009 Ring of Honor, and it was awesome. Every match was great, great, great. And then you know today I was like, ah, can I? Yeah, nah, I you know I just can't. You know, it's just it becomes too much, and I don't know if it's the production value or something, but it's it's really just because you're not getting that same variety. Where yeah, it's cool to get a, a you know Brian Danielson versus X matches or you know Roderick Strong versus X and, and this sort of stuff you're getting a bunch a bunch of stuff but a lot of it is very very similar there's not that sort of okay I can kind of take a break during this match oh okay I can kind of take a break it was great while you were there you know live watching those shows where you know people talk about the burnout and stuff I, I don't think that ever happened while you were really there but I think if you, if you went to a Ring of Honor show one of those Gabe you know classic four-hour Ring of Honor shows and then the next day they said hey we're running you know a Ring of Honor show I don't think I would go it's, I just don't think I would. It's, it's just because you kind of need to bathe and just sort of look, these are, take a breath after when it's all it, done. So. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with the ECW. Eventually, you know, it it, it, it got dated. So I don't know if yeah, I'd right. want to watch that style forever either. Um, you know, so you eliminate Ring of Honor, you ring AD, eliminate ECW, you eliminate Modern New Japan because I think I'd like to look at it um, – after it's done, to if you gave me just last year's New Japan, I would say that. But, but. you know what? I, I want to see when when this run is over how I feel about it mm-hmm. and where it stands. We don't know how long this great period is going to last. We don't know if it's going to get better. We don't know if it's go- – look, we didn't think nothing could top the 2013 G1 and 2014 did. We don't know if this is going to get better. We don't know if they're going to keep adding interesting new people to the mix. I mean who saw this AJ Styles things co- thing coming? So I'd like to look at that after it's over. So I'll eliminate that one. So it really comes down to, for me, you know, the Jim Crockett, the Noah, and the All Japan. 
Um, so it would probably be one of those. And I, I really have a soft spot for that for that Noah run because they probably had more variety than the, the All Japan. Mm-hmm. The All Japan never focused on the juniors. You got – listen, the heavyweights were phenomenal. The tag team, but how many of those in a row could you the watch? The tag yeah, you team know stuff I mean. was phenomenal. Some of the best stuff of all time. I say that all the time. The booking was phenomenal with the heavyweights. They didn't focus on the junior. The junior title was an afterthought. You know, and they didn't even have a junior tag title. It's kind of like the all Asia tag team title sort of took that spot. You know, but as, but aside from Furness, uh, Crawford and Furness, I mean, you know, they didn't do anything with their juniors. Here's an interesting one that we didn't mention yet, and one that I sort of had on my short list, but I'm not sure if I would ever pick, is uh, 1999 to 1993-ish, I would say, WWF. Wait, wait, wait. What years? Let's Okay, how long of a range can I give? Hey, hey, that's fair. Let's call call it the very early 90s. Let's call it 1990 to 1993 WWF. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like that era, but I, I I don't like it better than all Japan or no no I I, I it's a, it's it's one that I just had on kind of my short because of as you mentioned the variety is a big deal to me whereas in those areas you know yeah you, you didn't get great but 1992 I I love 1992 a little bit because you get the the rise of a Bret Hart you get the rise of a Shawn Michaels you get Ric Flair while he was in there having good matches you have good savage matches in that time you have a bunch of different stuff so to me yeah if if I'm watching this in perpetuity and I have to continue to watch the same stuff that's why a Ring of Honor wouldn't. I love that era, and if that could be the one that I didn't have to continue to watch forever, I wouldn't pick that one. If if it was one that I, the style could go on for a while, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be interested because you know you might get burned out on that. That's one that, that era of WWF is one that I think has a decent amount of variety that can really sustain itself for a long amount of time. Where a lot of those I can put on in 1992 WWF pay per view and probably watch. I mean, there's a lot of shit on there, but sometimes the shit's endearing. You know, sometimes I want to watch nails versus big butt. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just want to see stupid stuff here and there, which which is good. Whereas yeah, some of the other ones. No, I think the Noah one's a great a great pick. I thought the All Japan ones and an okay pick for some people um yeah 80s crockett's an interesting one that's one that he mentioned i think a lot of the really good ones there's not really a wrong answer with a lot of these really great because we're we're picking we're, we're picking what we think are the greatest era you well, know i'm picking among this my six favorite eras ever i mean i would yeah i would watch any of those six that's what i mean uh, it's it's but you're you're now you're you're picking if you gave me a set of three and said pick from these three and you know they were you know what I mean? When, when it's open-ended to be whatever you would pick. How about, how, about, I mean, how about this? How about WCW Nitro era before the NWO? Mm, it's okay, but the pay-per-views are horrendous in that era. Have you ever watched any of those, like, 1995 yeah, WCW I, pay-per-views? I saw a lot of them. They're the dirt worst. They're the time. worst. If I could just watch the Nitros, that's what I'm amazed at when, I, when I'm going back, because I'm doing that right now, going back and watching all the Nitros. Nitro's a really good show, and it's really fun, and there's good matches, and then you're like, well, what pay-per-view did this build up to? Oh, Fall Brawl. Let me watch Fall Brawl. It's the worst fucking thing you've ever seen. It's just like the Yeti's out, and it's just like, God, what is going on in this? It's just like World War III 1995. The build of that is awesome. And then you watch World War III 1995, and it's the worst fucking thing you've ever seen. Just horrible. Yeah, yeah. The pay-per-views are really bad. I, I, oh, I think yeah, you're, 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 you'd have to really go back. And, I mean, there's the Starcade Japan versus WCW. That wasn't any good. Um, on paper, they seem like they would be good, and they're just not. I mean, they're... Because you hadn't gotten to that era yet where the, the undercard was really filled with... This is pre-Luchador. If you think about the undercard of, like, 1997 WCW, that's another one that I was thinking of. Okay, 1997 WCW, because I love the Luchadors. I love all that stuff. And then I thought, oh, man... Oh, right, the the main events are fucking awful. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah. Piper without a hip. Right. It's trying to wrestle, you know, Hogan, who's not going to go more than yeah, 
a quarter speed because he doesn't have to because he's you know he's good and then you know hall's not doing anything nash isn't doing anything like you, the undercard's great but it's because you're watching a bunch of luchadors forever i mean that's and and eddie and benoit and, and those sort of guys and malenko and now if you're gonna give me all japan and baba never dies and he books it forever i mean because the booking was phenomenal Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you don't have a ton of variety. It's just those heavyweight slugfests over and over and over and over. I mean, they're amazing matches, uh, but you're not going to get that variety if that's the only thing that exists. I'm gonna I, so for that reason, I'm gonna go with Noah. I, okay. I think you're gonna get the most variety. Um, you're gonna get uh, d- decent enough heavyweights. You're gonna get a great juniors. You're gonna get uh, that's. I think that's what I'm gonna go with. With a slight edge over the the Jim Crockett stuff, I really love that that eighties Jim Crockett stuff. Yeah. Though the studio wrestling is right up my alley. It's kind of like why I have the soft spot for NXT, even though NXT is a little goofy, um, a little too goofy for my taste. I like the simplicity of studio wrestling, ABC booking, nothing real complicated. Um, the only difference is if like the Vaude villains showed up at the Techwood Drive Studios, the Road Warriors would take their fucking heads off, and we'd never see them again. <laughs> You know what I mean? You wouldn't get the goofiness, right, yeah. you know, um, it, it's it's it, it was the studio wrestling without it was it was studio wrestling, with, but with more of an edge. And uh, it, it was it really was great. Uh, it really was such a good era. So it, but I'd give Noah a slight edge over the Jim Crockett stuff with the asterisk of this current New Japan era, which I think is phenomenal. And I, I've said it before, and I've been saying this since 2012, we're really in a special time and place here that we really need to appreciate in the moment because it could end at any time. And I really believe it's going to stand up to any other era in the history of wrestling. Uh, the, the All Japan era is really the gold standard uh, for the greatest era in professional wrestling. And the new, this New Japan era, if, if they get a couple more years under the belt, they're going to match it uh, totally. Uh, and, and we really need to appreciate it while it's happening. So the asterisk there is I really can't put them in the mix until it ends and I can view it sort mm-hmm. of from a higher level or, 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 or from, uh, you know, I want to view it through the rear view. Before I really decide, right, it's hard now. Yeah, because we're, we're in the moment, you know, and right. and it's it's. I want to view it through the rear view, so I'm I'm, I'm going to eliminate that with an asterisk. All right, move on to a few other questions here. We have if Orton turns, will this be more successful than his most recent face turn? No. Yeah, they're all the same. Randy Orton. Yeah, I can't. Randy Orton is what he is. You know, he he's not gonna he's not gonna all of a sudden you, you're not gonna spark a boom at Randy Orton all of a sudden he is what he is. It's gonna be boring. I mean, the, he has yeah. He's been around for twelve years now. You know, he's not gonna get it. He's, he, he is what he is. And we're probably the wrong people to ask that. We I I couldn't care less about it. But it's not even it's it's you know. Well, what are you gonna get? I mean, what are you gonna be different? He's gonna be Viper. He's gonna be. I mean, the, the, you're not gonna get anything different he's not than catching what you fire yeah, now. Yeah. And we talked about why. I mean, he's been he's been the victim of some terrible, terrible booking. Look at those title wins. None of them have resonated. He doesn't have a single title win other than the Benoit win that has resonated at all. And the Benoit win, and that title run ended up being a bust. Yeah, it was a horrible bust. Yeah. You know, but it's the only one you're the guy, and he just isn't what they think he is. Right. They think they really do think he's a, a tremendous. And he's star. a worse. I think he's a worse face than a heel, and I don't think that's. I completely agree. Crazy, you know, like crazy being, hot thing he, there. Yeah, he, right. he doesn't like being a face. And that's the thing that I always remember. Every face turn they ever has, you could tell within like two weeks. He can't wait to be a heel again. 
Like his most recent face turn, you could tell within a month he was like, "This sucks. I'm I'm sick of this." It'll work. You know, then there was the one where he was doing jumping jacks or whatever, just because he was trying to laugh at himself. Ah, uh, yeah, that one where he yeah, ran yeah. And he was just being. He was. Somebody must have said, "Hey, Randy, you're not being a very good face." So he went, "Well, fuck you then. All right, like you know, I'll be I'll be super early '80s, you know, baby, you know." And it was just, it was terrible. It'll work from the perspective that it'll mix up the shows a little bit. Uh, but it won't work for him to catapult him to some kind of new level, though. Absolutely not. Not a chance. Alrighty. Um, All right. So this is from Double Cross King at Double Cross King. Uh, where do you think AJ Styles goes from here in New Japan and on the Indies post-title reign? Well, like I said, we talked about it a little bit on some other shows. I think eventually mm-hmm. he turns, or, or rather, they turn on him, the Bullet Club, and and he'll have a face run in there at some point. I think, and um terms of the indies i mean who knows he'll just keep doing his occasional shots for ring of honor he'll continue to be the smartest thing he can do is limit his indie appearances so he remains in demand i mean that's really the smartest thing he can do and um and and just use new japan as his uh primary income source and and go from there but i think there's definitely a face turn in the cards probably in 2015 Absolutely. Yeah, I think and, and we said, yeah, if you go back to, you know, last week's show, we talk a lot about what we would do sort of with him. And I think it's 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 him being a babyface, him getting just these little titles here and there. There's not much you have to do in New Japan. You know, you know, it doesn't have to be a crazy story about him. He could just be a guy that's sort of just there and, and putting on good matches and good, you know, sub main events and main events, just having good, you know, 20, 30 minute matches. That's that's fine. And, and Indies will just be, you know, here's what he's been. I, I think. There was that first little spike when he came back to the Indies, and Chris Hero had that. And everybody sort of has that first, you know, gigantic spike when they get in there, and then it's just sort of like they just kind of get used to it. And I think that's what AJ is just going to be. It's just going to be, a, you know, a, an attraction. But as long as he's having great matches at New Japan, that's that's all you really need. And that's I think it's going to be basic with him. Just there's not much more that needs to be done, you know. Hey man, New Japan is the landing spot now. If you're not in WWE and 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 and, and you want a good paying gig, I mean, you know, we 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 just saw. Uh, Kenny Omega make the jump and, um, you know, there's a trailer out for his new shoot interview where he gives uh, some insights as to why he made that jump. And he said, hey, look, you know, I'm getting a little older now. My body's hurting a little more and I want to start making some serious money. And, you know, the place to do that in Japan is New Japan. And I want to be it was interesting because Omega said he wants to be a top star in New Japan, not a top junior. None of this. He wants to be a top star in New Japan. So he wants to go there and prove himself and become a top guy. And and they even referenced in that small four minute snippet from the shoot, you know, they brought up AJ Styles, you know, and, and it's it's they cut it off there because they want you to buy the thing. But it's pretty clear that he wants to follow that AJ Styles uh, sort of path in, in New Japan and go down that same road. And, I, you know, I think that people who aren't in WWE for whatever reason, I, I think they, they see look at the look at Team 3D. Mm-hmm. Clearly angling to try to get into. Please the hire us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they might. Yeah, they might as well be outside the building holding up a you know a sign saying hire us. So, um, so yeah. All right. This comes from at awful Jack. He says, "How far away is Orton from being a Wrestling Observer Hall of Famer?" I mean, uh, by my votes or by who's going to vote him in? Because uh, let me think about this. There are a lot of people, and a lot of people who vote who think he's a Hall of Fame level worker. I can tell yeah. you that. The problem is, by no measure, is he any kind of Hall of Fame draw if you're really going to pay attention to the numbers. And I don't think any, many people view him as, as a Hall of Fame level draw. And that's what's going to stop him from getting in. 
because most, if not all of the Hall of Fame voters look at that one first. Mm -hmm. Did you draw? Were you a top-drawing star? And he, yeah. and he doesn't tick that box. And I think that's what's going to stop him getting in because fair or unfair, that, that's what people look at. Mm -hmm. I wonder how they're going to approach that, that question when the time comes. I wonder if they're going to study it like how I did or they're going to look at, at – at, I, I wonder if they're going to get lazy with, with Orton because it's so hard to do modern era. It's hard to do the modern draws. And, and there's just generally a laziness towards how do we – how do we how do we discuss modern draws? I think, and and it's a big problem I've had with the Hall of Fame, and it, it's something that I'm gonna hopefully start working on a little bit more. Is that I feel like people are so into you know draws in the old days, and this guy popped this territory, and this guy did this, but I think we're so lazy about it now. We're either nobody draws, you know, because this guy had X amount of you know ten thousand seat sellouts or whatever, or the brand draws or or that sort of stuff. So I'm very interested to see how they sort of. I, how John or how Randy Orton works in there. The old timers are not going to see him as a draw because they're going to say the only draw the company had in his era was Cena mm -hmm. and Lesnar. Now, right, the old timers right. love Lesnar. Um, so there. No, I I don't think I don't think they're going to. I see what you're saying. Different era. Maybe they'll just be lazy and say, "Ah, well, the guy's been on top for a decade. He's a draw." Yeah, that's that's what I'm wondering. If, but I don't yeah. think so. I think I think people. I hope they don't because he's not. I mean, he's not a draw. <laughs> it's just he's just not. Yeah, I think even the people who don't dig in and look deeply at the numbers like you did and the couple of pieces that you did, I think that they just see it in a simplistic manner from the perspective of the simplicity works for him and against him. If you're being lazy and simple, it works for any. It works for him in the sense that he's been on top for a decade, but it works against him in that Cena is really the only guy anybody sees as a true top drawing star during during that particular era. So mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think he would get in. I don't think he's going to get in. Um, I can see him being someone who hangs around. Look, listen. If Edge gets 44 percent of the vote, why can't Randy Orton? That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know. Yeah. So, um, but I, I don't think I don't think he'll get in. No. Yeah, I'm interested. I, uh, I I don't know. I don't have a good read. I would. My early thought would be. I think he does better than Edge, so I think he's in the conversation a but lot. Hey, but hey, man, I think Batista fell off. That's true. Batista did fall off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Batista. Fell That's true. Off. Yeah, he fell off. Yeah, without much. And Edge gets forty-four percent. Yeah. So I don't know how to read this. Uh, you know, it, Dave's going to push for him hard. That's the problem. And he's going to sway a lot of the, the, you think the Dave will older. Push for him? I don't think Dave will push I do. Uh, I think Dave, <laughs> I don't think Dave, I, I don't think Meltzer sees him as a Hall of Fame draw. Yeah, I, I hope he doesn't, but yeah, I don't know. I, it'll be very interesting. He's going to be a very interesting case. In modern, he of all people in the modern era is going to be a very interesting one of of okay, you know if if everyone's just going to say well Cena was the best draw and nobody else drew then might as well close the place down because nobody else is getting in you know what I mean like the modern there's very few modern guys that are going to be able to draw on their on the basis of anything besides the company you know what I'm saying there's not going to be unless there's a guy that just catches fire with the mainstream and that guy is going to be there but. Pretty much if, if, if Orton's a guy and, – and I don't think Orton should get in. I really don't. But it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of tackle that. Yeah, it, it's – it's yeah. I mean when you have – Because he's that – he's one of the, the – as I mentioned at the top of the show, he's a – he's – if you're talking about this era of, of WWE, of mainstream WWE wrestling, he is he is one of the top stars in this era. And if he – you know, is it going to be something like Sting where people just say, well, I mean he was a top star and people are – well, no, he's not. I mean look, look, look at the numbers. He's, he's just not. I mean you could think he is, but he isn't. You, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how he's tackled and, and, and sort of discovered and, and, and researched. The modern 
WWE candidate is really the hardest to figure. It really is. I mean, and the, and the fact that Edge almost gets in and Batista falls off proves that. I mean, I think Batista is a better candidate than Edge. I do too. Yeah. And he falls off, and Edge gets forty. You know, forty-five percent. I have no. You know, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard. hard. We don't know. I mean, then Punk. We'll see what how Punk does. Yeah, that, that Punk will be very interesting as well this year. You know, when those come out. Yeah. So you know, I, it's it's the modern. It's for the reasons you say because, you know, it's 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 the company that that is the draw now, and it's the WrestleMania brand that is the draw now, more so than. Everyone just kind of assumes that Cena is the only one that makes any kind of difference. The house show numbers point to that, and the pay-per-view numbers for a time pointed to that. I don't know. It's it's really tricky. My gut says that he wouldn't get in. All right. We have Jerome Cusan here, Jerome PW Editor. He is a PW Ponderings. Great guy here. He says, uh, would there be so much weekly consternation about Raw if it were a one-hour show? So if Raw was one hour, would we complain so much every single year? Or every single week? Yeah, they're just... People will still complain. They complain, you know, two thirds less, but they'd still complain because it's it's it it's not the length, it's the quality. The quality just isn't there right now. And and the fact of the matter is, wrestling fans are going to complain about anything. They'd complain right. if it was good. They'll complain if the show was good right now. They'd complain if it was an hour. They'd complain if it's two hours. They'd complain if it's three hours. I don't think anything would stop the complaints. Um, but I think what he's kind of getting at is. If it was shorter, would there be less bullshit? Would it be more focused? I I don't think so. I just think they're they're just. I mean, the two-hour raws weren't great either. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's gotten worse since then. Listen, but they, to be fair, they weren't great either. Yeah, and to be fair, we all knew going ahead in that third hour, we were all like, "Oh, this is gonna be." Uh. And it worked for a while. It really did. And I always I always talk to people about that too. It worked for a while because of if you look at the roster there, it was so easy to say, "All right, Daniel Bryan, twenty minutes." You know, Dolph Ziggler, ten. You know, CM Punk, go out there and have fifteen. You know, Shield Wyatt's, go have you know twenty-five minutes or whatever. It was easy to book it then, but now not so much. And we're seeing finally now. The, and and the matchups too. That was a funny, you know. We we were gonna get more matches with. I mean, that was just gonna happen with the three hours. We were gonna get more of the same matches, and it's finally reached a point where now no match is special. Zero. I mean, there's not a other than Brock Lesnar, there is not another match on this roster that is interesting that anybody wants to see. Rollins Orton, okay, maybe. I don't want to see it, but okay. I, I, uh, what what else on this roster is something that you're Cena Rusev? There's the two. I <laughs> find me another one. I dare you to find me another matchup that you're really gonna say, "Whoa, yeah, no, yeah, that'd be cool." I wonder what they would do with that match. I mean, there's none. I mean, we've seen it all now. Uh, Le- Lesnar is interesting right now. Rusev is interesting right now. Forgot about him before. Those are the only two protected. I mean, uh, everybody else. Yeah, fun. everybody else. That. Two guys who have been very well protected in the booking and book strong, and they're two of the more interesting guys. Yeah, I mean, and Amb- I mean Ambrose. You know, but the thing with Ambrose is, is there, there's that underlying fear that they're gonna fuck him up. Yeah, I, right. I think he's, I think he'll overcome. I think he can overcome anything they throw out. Yeah, I think these past few weeks have shown that he can overcome just about anything, because he's, these have been awful. The, the, the stuff they've had him do has been terrible. What he can't overcome is if they just decide he's at a certain level and leave him there. No one can overcome that. All right, this here comes from at Cody from Ohio. So at Cody from Ohio, he says, uh, should Rusev make Cena tap clean in the middle of Mania as a way of setting up the next big heel after Brock? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably, but... Uh, 
he should. I mean, he won't. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's zero that. chance of that happening. Let so me, don't. Let me think like, about that. So Rusev, Cena at WrestleMania, Rusev makes him tap in the middle of the ring. And you have your next big heel for when Brock Lesnar is no more. I mean, if. If that rock tease leads to something like that, that would probably be better. But the rock's not going to come back for that. No. Um, the rock is going to come back. He's going to be in the main event against somebody. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously that would work well for Rusev. Um, I don't know if I would do that 